Un okay, everyone should be recording now. I'm going to clap. Can you ask All for right. confirmation? You're being a bad leader. Is everybody here. recording? I'm recording. Three, two, one, clap. Okay, that'll be something we can work with. We can work with that. Mine is like 35 of, seconds in the clap chat, so I hope this helps you. <laughs> or you yeah, one that. of those was not a clap. That's going to help. Rush, because you led the clap, do you want to lead the episode? Uh, yeah, I did have one topic I want to talk to Jason about, and I guess talking counter as a as a whole here. I uh, did okay. walk in on the episode with Hooksy. Yeah, you did. Um, so first of all, I would like to apologize. I wanted to show my friend this, the uh, little camping set. Um, but also, I did take a nice little picture on my film camera. And it is a film camera, so you know I have to go through F, I have to buy film, I have to get it developed and all this kind of stuff. And uh, I did ask you to make it the thumbnail of the episode. You did ask me to make it the thumbnail of the episode. And I don't think it's happened yet, so I just wanted to bring that well, up. Well, what happened was you asked me to make it the thumbnail of the episode like a week after it was released. I believe uh, it was a few days after it was released, because I, I went back home, and uh, I, the day I landed, I handed in the film to the film lab, and uh, the day after that, I had the pictures, so I don't know. I do. Have okay, so maybe it was four days deep Rush. into the episode. I saw Hugo do the yes? same thing, so whose idea was it originally? Uh, what the uh, film camera? The cameras. Yeah. Uh, well, in Cologne, I bought a few and handed them out to certain people. And the plan was to do kind of like a little competition with a, with a disposable camera. And uh, it, that competition didn't actually happen just because the, the weather during Cologne was dreadful, if you remember. Mm. Uh, so I don't know. I kind of just got into film a little bit. I think the process is quite fun. You know, you you take a picture, you have no idea what it looks like, you get it developed, it looks terrible, and then a picture you think is terrible actually looks kind of good. So, I don't know, films, it's fun. So, mine got lost in the mail? Uh, well, if you want to be a part of it, next uh, next Cato or something, we can redo it. Russia's photography club? It is yeah, almost exactly. like a book club, but for cameras. For pictures. The I thought the plan was pretty good. We were going to pick, like, three locations or whatever, all go to the location, and whoever takes the best picture, we were going to have, um, like, the photo team, like, uh, rate it and stuff. I kind of so just I, I feel that nice organically idea. around the event of, like, whatever tickles your fancy, right? Like, you know, things that are candid or, you know, some photos of some people that you're working with, or maybe you, yeah, you have well, a cool we, we, angle of the way the stage looks. Like, that's all event-related stuff, and, and you don't have to fucking plan for people to go and go to true. different locations. True. Well, there was freestyle. There was freestyle um, included in the competition as well, which can be anything. So why, I've, seen why you, are we now... I've seen you organize the start of a podcast, Rush. I don't think you're going to be able to organize <laughs> a right, photography right. club meeting in a foreign city. Mate, he's talking. Maybe Kato, we try it again. You're talking about right. having like a skateboard tournament worth of rating. Oh yeah, you've got these set tricks you've got to do, and then you get freestyle minute. What are you talking about, bro? Just and take was, some was, fucking uh, pictures. The thing is, well, it was Helena who's going to like review them, and um, a lot of us know she's a big fan of Starbucks. I don't know if I can say brands, but she likes Starbucks. Um, so we were going to like um, buy a Starbucks and stuff. Kind of like a little bribery. What? So That's also the this Helena for people at home is the head of photography. <laughs> it goes so yes, deep. She was, she was the judge. She was the judge. But what, why, does it, why do you need to be bribing? Hel what were you... Oh, what wasn't it just, But it's just pride. Like there's nothing... And, wouldn't the winning be taking the coolest photo? Yeah, whatever. Anyway, in Cato, we'll probably do it again. So I think I'm just trying to get to the bottom like of this. The location Rush picked is like usually people aren't comfortable at those establishments like with cameras. So that's it. That adds an extra Well, I was going to pick the dom. I was going to pick pick like the dom, maybe media park. In Cologne, yeah, sure. You but know, what, just what it ended up being spots. was something a lot more different. Yeah, true. Well, I mean, I haven't even seen half the pictures. Like Hugo, still, I think he told me he had like five pictures. He was taking them in pro league. He was taking some more in pro league. Oh, he league. was. Yeah. 
Okay, so that's nice. He'll probably, that's good to know. but that, then you've got to follow through and you've got to get the the them developed. And how common? I'll say is it? getting talent involved was probably a mistake, honestly, because uh, that that disposable camera I don't think will ever get developed. Well, that's the thing. So you've got to really chase you go up about this. But where, yeah. what type of services are available for people looking to get film developed in 2023, Rush? It used to uh, be back in the day, every every camera store, you'd have to go and you'd, you'd wang it in there and they'd develop them for you. Do, the they, still do, do they still do one-hour photographs? No, uh, not, not, in, not in Cologne, I'll tell you that much. Like, <laughs> but the place I go to is pretty quick. I take it and then like the next day, they have prints and the files. So okay, so digitally, nice. you're able to... Yeah. So what, how, how have they done that? What do you mean? How have they done that? They scan them, bro. Okay, well that—that's the answer. They scan them. Don't sound like I fucking. Yeah, they, I should they have scan known the that. film. Yeah, true. Actually, yeah. I'm not I've a photographer they, like they you. They scan right? the film. The, it's nice. The digital pictures that he sent me. It gives off a very like '90s retro vibe going on. You know, like yeah, a little classic vibe. Yeah, it's got. But, a you good know what? Maybe I'll Photoshop myself into the one with Hooksy. <laughs> yeah. And maybe put Chad somewhere in the background, and then. Uh, but I wasn't on the episode. Why would one? you put us in there if we weren't? Like that's false well, advertising. Well, it's not. It's not the thumbnail for the last. You know, the, the Hooksy episode. He so. can. He can have you crawling out of the tent. You know, you could just be in the yeah. background, poking your head up. I don't. That sounds alright. How how skilled are you at Photoshop these days, Rush? You've really Pretty come good. a long You've way. You've seen a lot of my Photoshop's, man. You've seen a lot of them. Yeah. Well, and you, the Henry one is still what, some of my best work. The Henry one actually looks real. I can't it quite believe the real. Henry one. It's like yeah, I can see. I could see Henry decked out with a bunch of Nerf guns, uh, like you've depicted. It is, it is probably some of your best work. But, that is a good one. But most of your um, efforts on the internet rush in recent history have come through a, a game mode called Danger Zone. And as uh, the game mode not being shipped to CS2 on release, uh, do, do you have anything that you'd like to say? Any thoughts on that matter? Um, I think, uh, I, I honestly think it will come, to be honest. Um, yeah, but start at the top. Were you disappointed? Different? Were you heartbroken? Do you feel I mean, I, I will say, you know, like uh, I got whipped up in a, a frenzy, I would say, for the that Wednesday when the game released. And, um, you know, I, I maybe expected just some like um, content and stuff like that. Like I expected the bug fixes as, as a minimum and which technically are the most important things you know to include in the release yeah technically but i definitely got whipped up in a frenzy the, you know the final day the dawn of the final day so you know when the update did hit you know it took even like a while for the patch notes you know i was watching streams with like fake timers and stuff i was fully you know fully whipped up, you were but, you sussed know. up yes very much so so i was a little you know i hope something you know say you know again you fuck you know, um, basically, like, um, like, yeah. Why and, are you doing yeah, this? You don't uh, talk like this. And, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Have you had your ADHD mess this morning, Rush? What's going on, man? But I am looking forward to Danger Zone. You know, um, like... <laughs> we let you out. Of, we let you out of the cage. We have to do one. We give you the the reins to to start the reshoot of the start of the episode. And this is this is what you. I thought you had some sauce for us today. I thought you were you were coming. I told you I got nothing. Thought you were coming thick and today. pumped. I thought you were coming ready nothing. to go. Yeah, I got nothing. It's a Thursday. You took two days off at the start of the week. There's been some big news, Rush. There's some easy things to grasp out for. Pro League's go over. On. You've been to a wedding. Like the thought, I thought I you'd be to juiced yeah. to the gills, man. Talk about oh, the I wedding. St- I, sta- yeah, I stapled my thumb at the wedding. I've never done that before. <laughs> what? Like I fully stapled. You know a stapler? To what? Yeah, I know. First of all, why is there a stapler just hanging around at a wedding somewhere? Uh, well, I, I went the day before just to help a little bit with some of the setup, you know. like Yeah, of course. Uh, rigging the caster mics and rigging stuff. Rigging you know? the caster <laughs> 
But I accidentally stapled my thumb like fully. Like the staple was flush against my thumb. How do you do that? <coughs> I was trying to fix it. The staple. <laughs> You're trying it, to fix the staple. Right I think Chad yeah. will do a great job as Rashley with the cold caster for like a royal wedding to commentate it. It could be. It. I think just getting Rush to talk about his observations would be hilarious to a lot of people. Yeah, and you're also very good at getting hyped up by like small things. So she said, "I do." <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I see it. This I guy see didn't it. bow properly. Oh my god, what a disgrace! Yeah, I can. I but can see that. It's nice. You can like you can see two holes in the thumb, and then it's completely fine. It didn't bruise or anything. It was a very it was a low profile staple. I'll say that much. So I am okay. I'm all right. But How did you get the staple out? Cool. Did you just pull it out with your fingers? I just pulled it out. Yeah, I just got it and Oof, pulled it out. That would have taken yeah. some real grit. That hurt a little bit when I pulled it out, but when it went in, it, I didn't feel too much. But when it came out, then I really felt it. But were you bleeding? It was all right. Were you gushing uh, not blood? Not really. All over the place? No, it, the holes were so tiny. Like uh, there was re really no not much blood at all. Was there? I, I just washed my hands. Any discussion a about a tetanus shot? You know, rushing to hospital. Have you? Well, when was I your didn't... last tetanus shot? I did make the mistake of Googling <laughs> a staple in the thumb, and uh, it did mention a tetanus shot, and then I just closed it and tried to forget. <laughs> yeah, I ever read it, to be honest. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I burned myself the other day, and I was almost about to Google that, and I was like, why am I going to Google that? It's like the smallest burn ever. It's going to be fine. It's going to say put some cold water on it, probably. Well, take some care of yourself, Rushley. Yeah, I was cooking some duck in a pan, and... A piece of fat just like got on my finger, in it. Ah, uh, duck it fat's a duck fat's a delicious thing. It is delicious, but I think the thing is with burns, if it hurts at the beginning, that's a good thing. If it doesn't hurt, then that's a bad thing. You know what I'm saying? Wait, what? Can you? I, I, think, can I think he's trying to make the comparison to like the third degree burns that destroy the nerves, so you don't actually oh, feel the pain. Okay. You feel nothing. You feel but nothing. this so is this just a tiny little drop of duck fat that splattered out of a pan. I'm not saying tiny. It was like surprising, <laughs> surprisingly a big amount. I'll send a picture. It's it's like a layer of my skin is gone. Let me put it that way. But it is a small area. Okay. All right. Any but that hurt. That hurt a lot. And now it, I don't feel it at all. So it's pretty good now. Uh, um, I think my mum would say back in the day, you're in the wars, Rushley. You, do you have any? At the moment, yeah. At the moment, every I'm just every time I do this, like the staple and the burn, I was like, fuck, man, why have I done that? And yeah. then I'm like, is this life now for the next day or two? Any other trauma that the viewers should be aware of? I don't think so. I didn't stub my toe in a while either, so I think we're all good, to be honest. All right. I think it's. I'm, I'm happy we have that safety check of your your health. Um, Rush, do you want us to let you go? Uh, yeah, can do. I got a lot of messages and stuff. To yeah, be well, you're you are a <laughs> I'm busy, busy man. honestly. I'm busy, and that's not even a lie. I've actually got a lot of messages. Yeah, so you you stop the recording, upload it to Google Drive, and send it to me, and 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 you go take care of those messages. That's a WAV file, yeah, or MP3, Jason. Throw it as a. Doesn't matter really. Throw it as a WAV. <laughs> You want that G drive or we transfer something? Yeah, like. give a little, uh, give a little Google Drive for me. All right, do you want me to polish it up at all? Or I don't know. You're good, man. Edit it, man. Yeah. It's all good. It'll be me, man. You're all good. Jason's Jason's in a hotel right now. Rush. Can... My, my mic quality's fine, right? Yeah, you mic sound really good. Great. <laughs> all right. Uh, peace out. See you. All right. Catch you in a bit. See ya. Peace, 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 peace. Uh, all right. Well, I'm glad we got rid of him. Um, it's always great to hear that Russia's doing well. He's health, himself. Yeah, at, a, at an all-time uh, main focus on the episode of Talking Counter. Mm. But Jason, you are you are not at home still. 
No, I, I took off uh, over to Belfast in Ireland uh, to cast with Dinko. There was a little complication getting oh, to, uh, for everyone, <laughs> for every non-EU person getting into Copenhagen for the Blast Showdown um, was not able to make it. So the, it's like COVID times again. So I flew, instead of flying home, I flew to Ireland, casting from Dinko's apartment. Scrawny and Launders are back in Canada and Toronto and Montreal. They're casting separately from their homes. Only the desk is in Copenhagen. Which does have Bubsky and Kirby on it. Yeah, with which Maniac does have Bubsky and Kirby with Maniac and hosting and Pimp as a rotation. It's very Danish. It's I like it. It's extremely Danish. And I only imagine what those lads get up to when they're talking Danish on, on the TV too. They're just going wild with it. So if you know Pimp's bringing a bit of that out of the Bubsky on the air, that could be, could be some fun Jason. entertainment. Yeah. Were Dinko's parents weirded out when you came? <laughs> I, still have, I still haven't met Dinko's parents. How what are you going to meet him, Jason? Are you going to take, like, you know... They don't come out pint? of their room or what? <laughs> It'd be nice to little Dinko. He's got his own little apartment. He's got a nice, he's he's got a nice a bit, little setup. He's been a big man for a while. Little Dinko was living yeah. on his own in, in um, Poland. Poland for a while as well, yeah. yeah. Even though he's a small lad. Well, he's a tall lad. But he's a sl- he's he's trying to bulk up. He's got that young man metabolism still. Must yeah. be nice. He, you know, I didn't I didn't realize this, but living in living in Belfast, it's like a two hour bus trip to get to the Dublin airport. So every time Dinko goes to an event, he's got to hop on a two hour bus. Did you see any of the like? It feels excessive. It does seem excessive. Like how is what's Bel- what's Belfast like? Uh, the little I've seen of it, it's, it's nice. It's, uh, I mean, it's, I don't really know how to describe it actually, to be honest. What type of weather you're running with at the moment? Well, it's, it's cold and it's rainy, uh, constantly raining, uh, overcast, which I've been told is pretty much the standard go-to here in Ireland. Um, they had a week of good weather this year of like sunny and warm. Uh, Wait, 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 wait. They, they weren't boasting about that, were they? No, they're not bragging or anything. They were just explaining to me that I was like, even in the summer, like it doesn't get nice out for like a month. And they're like, no, we had like a, we had like five days, like a week. And I was like, okay. Um, but it's cool. Every, like, I, I love towns like this that have like cities like this that have like, you can tell like the age and the, like the character of the building. So it's all, it's a bunch of like brick buildings. You can see some are like super old architecture is really cool. And they're just like really like nondescript like pubs and restaurants that you could just kind of walk into. I haven't quite explored yet. I've, these past two days have been very like a uh, recovery focus, you know, early, early nights at the hotel, get to sleep okay. as soon as possible. Uh, so you haven't, the batteries. You, you weren't in, in line at Belfast City Hall or going to uh, Titanic Belfast or the uh, Ulster no. Museum. What else is there to do? I'm not, I don't think I'm going to do the Titanic Museum. That I, I really have no interest in that, to be completely honest with you. Uh, oh, but I no, think tomorrow, tomorrow I'm going to go for like a little hike up oh, the so mountains. You're a Republican or up, up the hills, I guess. O'Toole, yeah. of course. <laughs> yeah, I'm big, big name here. All the cab drivers are like, oh, you have Irish heritage. And I'm like, yep, sure do. Holy yeah. shit, it is actually miserable there. For people who like play with yeah. normal weather, uh, this isn't to do with the taxi drivers or Jason's last name. I, I know I, I, just, I was just an outburst in that You're moment. But I looked it up, Belfast. That's yeah. where you are, right? Yes, sir. All right. Well, uh, right now, 13 degrees Celsius, right? Uh, with just fucking rain like you can't imagine. The wind, 24 kilometers an hour. Humidity, 92%. And if we yeah. put that in Fahrenheit, that's uh, freedom units for everybody playing at home. That's 56 degrees Fahrenheit, which just sounds fucked. I, I'm just looking at like the 10-day forecast and it's like literally seven of the next 10 days have like 
60 to 70 percent or higher chance of rain. I'm looking right now. Malta is currently 27 degrees. Going to be 28 today. You want me to today. blow your mind? Beautiful. Even though I think Chad I, this, did this in an earlier episode. Uh, yeah, I already, I already know the percentages and the chance of rain. No, but do it again, Yanko. Yeah. Well, <laughs> do it, do it again. <laughs> Give us your sales pitch. That percentage you have on your phone—that's not the chance of rain. That's the area that's going to be covered by it's going to precipitation. But I feel that that has been debunked in recent history. Has it? Am I, I wrong again? Well, this is it. I think it's changed back. I think I heard my understanding, okay, was that the percentage was to do with initially was to do the chance of like the chance of rain, right? Then someone was like, oh, no, it's the area that is covered. Yeah. And then I was reading recently that it is the chance of rain again. So how, let's have a look. What does the... Uh, uh, I know those aren't words. This isn't good for an audio-only podcast. I imagine yeah. that for the... <laughs> Hold up, we're typing. Uh, what does the... Uh, the probability of precipitation POP uh, simply describes the probability that the forecast grid slash point in question will receive at least 0.01 of rain. So in this example, there is a 40% probability for at least a 0.01 rain. See, I'm gonna, see, what, so what it doesn't that? even it doesn't even address the intensity of the raining. What does seventy percent chance of precipitation mean? Uh, Much of the area is covered. So, I feel like if I'm going to investigate this and say it with any authority, I should probably spend more the research than just fucking thirty seconds of trying to Google it. So let's have let's do this. Let's do this. Why don't we get the people who listen at home? We'll use it as the poll this week. You know, we can let the people at home do the research and they can tell us sure. uh, the answer to the question and be like, you guys are fucking idiots. Which, yeah. you know, that's probably the general operating procedure for most of us most of the time. Um, okay, Belfast. Yanko, mm-hmm. you're a bit gruff, mate. Okay. Uh, you, do you want to you, you wanna let everyone know why you're a bit gruff? Gruff? I've never heard that word before. Oh, oh Jason, have you heard gruff before? I have heard gruff before. Uh, gruff is like rough and low in pitch. Yeah, just gra- gravelly, you know, like an early morning voice. Yeah, okay. Horse is be another okay, one. We have, we have that, um, we call it like the morning voice. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm hungover as fuck. <laughs> basically what it is. Met a couple of friends well, last night, you know, I've been away for five weeks and it was like unplanned, but the night sort of dragged out. That's how they always but go. But those are the best nights, to be honest, like when yeah. you don't plan for it. So, yeah, that's going to go what t- What's the alcohol of choice in an unplanned evening? Well, we, we went to this pub first, so it was beer. But then we went to this other place and switched to whiskey. And that's, you know, the trouble, I guess. Yeah, well, the, the, that's normally... The, what, how does the saying go? I, say, I, used, I used to know once upon <laughs> a time. It's like beer before whiskey... Oh no! What, spirits. Liquor before beer. Yeah, you're, in, you're the in the clear. Yeah, beer before liquor. Never been sicker. Yeah, so that Yanko went for yeah. that combination. Well, yeah, it's all right, well, bro. When I when I woke up like an hour ago, I did like <laughs> consider just sending you guys a message. And it was like, <laughs> God bless, God bless my girlfriend. You know, she brought me like an aspirin, made me a sandwich. So I don't sound Dang. much better, but I do feel like I can do this now. So feel like a million bucks. Food goes a long way, especially yeah. like you know, and and just sculling a bottle of water. I've noticed when I drink, and this is just in general, and it's probably not the healthiest way to drink water. But instead of just like maybe having a gulp or two of water every now and again, 
I just find like when I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty thirsty now. I'll just drink 500 mil of water and just and just go, yeah, all right. Now I don't need to <laughs> drink for a while. <laughs> yeah, because you know, sitting and reminding myself to drink every couple of minutes or whatever. Fuck that. If I just smash the 500, I don't. It's probably bad for my kidneys, but uh, it just seems more efficient for me. As Jason takes a big swig, <laughs> I would hope that your kidneys. I would hope that your kidneys could handle that 500 mils of water yeah like it's not like i'm trying to drink like three or four liters like i don't think i'd be able to do right. that in a sitting anyway but like i just sit there i just just smash it it's gone it's like okay well i i just find you know these little tactics in life i can have more time doing nothing uh, if i <laughs> i okay no it's all right pro league's ended i i have things to do all right guys we have we have <laughs> we have we do still have things to to do like Yanka went and, and celebrated being home and seeing some friends. That's quite nice. I was thinking I'm going when I go back to Australia for am Sydney, I'm going to go back to Perth for a week. I booked my flights for that yesterday. I really should have uh, sorted it out much earlier, but it's it's sorted now. Oh, my God, bro. I got my flights like the other day as well. So the first thing I do is call to see whether I can upgrade, you know, because I'm going to come in late. I have this one of my friends I saw last night. He's getting married on the 15th, so 10 days from now or whatever, and I'm the best man. So Oh, shit. So <laughs> my first flight out is at 7 a.m. on Monday, where I'm just like going to come home from the wedding, shower, and go to the airport. And then it's Belgrade to Istanbul, Istanbul to Singapore, Singapore to Sydney, 26 hours travel. Well, you enjoy because you enjoy no, that one. There's no seats available in business or anything, so I think for the first time I'll have to like pop a pill or something and just put myself to sleep. That's the thing; it's out. it's fucking brutal doing that long travel. That's one of the most brutal things I think, and it, it's it's if you, if you do it all the time, you can become acclimatized to it, but it's still fucking brutal. Like no, but it, there's it, nothing. It's slowly killing. There's you. nothing like, for example, like you go to LA, which is still very far away. But it's, it's like I have a flight and an hour and a half layover and then I fly for 11 hours and I'm there. But two layovers and like the third flight is seven hours. You know, like I have a hour and a half flight, a 12-hour flight and a seven-hour flight. It's like, fuck's sake, will this ever end? Yeah, I, I was looking at... So I actually have a really good route to get to um, Oz because I'm going back to Perth, right? So... I'm going to fly into Perth and then just get a domestic flight from Perth yeah, to Sydney. Yeah, because to like be that's five extra hours, right? Perth to yeah. Sydney is like five hours or something. But my route is really good. I didn't realize this until I actually thought, oh, I'm going to have to go to Germany or the UK or something to get like a decent flight. You're doing Dubai? It's Malta to Dubai and then Dubai straight to Perth. It's fucking 20 hours for that. It's awesome. Like that leg, it looks yeah, that's sick. Not bad at all. Yeah, but and you I have saw this it, I was like, oh my God. Cyprus, right? Before Dubai or? Uh, I, I well, may, uh, now they just, maybe you've just rained on it and they didn't put it on here. That could be the case. Let me check. Because they just like sort of land to get people to board and then they just, you know, take off again. Fuel up, add people and yeah. get out of there. Well, here it's got a, it's just as Malta to Dubai. But I, maybe like it doesn't have anything else here on the, no, just as Malta to Dubai doesn't have any stuff because i was surprised here. dude i saw the emirates plane on the malta airport i mean that's a triple seven 
you know, it's a long haul airplane. A, I'm yeah, like, how does had, this have, how is there enough runway for this plane to land and take off here? You know, I was thinking the same thing because when I went out to the airport for when Patsy was arriving and we were filming that like meme content, yeah. like I saw a, an Emirates plane there and I was like, what the fuck? Like, I said, like, this doesn't, I, I haven't seen one of these here. And I know that they were trying to build like something, a bigger airport or an airport, you know, not, but the, it doesn't, I didn't realize like the runway would be like you're saying, because it is a small island, it's a small place, but that's good. That really opens up the world to me if that's possible. It makes going yeah. back to Australia not seem that fucking unreasonable. Like just, what is it here? It's a seven and a half hour flight from Malta to, uh, where are we? Malta to Dubai. And then from Dubai really? to Perth is 10 hours and 50 minutes. What? No, 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 no. You're wrong. Seven that's and a half it says hours. Here. Yeah. That's because you have the stop. Believe me. Ah, from Belgium. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Malta, Dubai, and then stops one stop. Ah, why didn't oh, they fucking say that here then? I've never been on a flight that had to just like do a pit stop. I know in Oz, there's some that like it'll go through and it'll stop in like Sydney and then pick up more passengers and take them to Perth. But when they land in Perth, they'd still have to go through international. Like they'd have to take their passport to. I think my sister's done that before. But this is obviously through different countries, so that's even yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's because like for, for some of those trips, it's like it's not worth it to stop. Just like it's not worth it for them to have a Dubai-Malta flight because it would be half empty. But if you combine it with like Cyprus, then all of a sudden those two destinations combined can maybe fill a plane, right? Like Lufthansa yeah. had that. You know, when you were looking at flights for, you had like Lufthansa Riyadh, but after that the plane goes to Bahrain and then from Bahrain it goes back to Frankfurt. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, that, uh, fuck. I, that kind of sucks, but it, it, I don't know. Either way, 20 hours, that's pretty reasonable. And then obviously to Sydney and across, but it should be good. Um, like, I think that's, a, that's, that's not a crazy route. And then I'm going to go back and stay in Perth for a week before going home, go see my family and stuff. And uh, yeah, it's, I always get, it's always quite daunting going home for me for some How reason. How long has it been? I was home at Christmas time, but that was the first I'd been home since um, COVID. Before that, my parents came out to Malta at, uh, in the middle of last year. Mm. So I, like, it is, it's always few and far between, but I, I don't like, keep up a lot of connections with people back home. So it's like you've been away for five weeks and then going out and getting hungover and stuff because you're seeing your mates. Like, I, I'm trying to think what even connection I have to people back home. I have very few. Like, it's just my family and then it's maybe two or three people. And that's through my own like, not keeping up relationships and stuff. But it's fucking hard when sure. you're in different time zones on the side of the world. Like, I don't even like being on the phone call with my family, you know, let alone, or, or I prefer to see people and be interacting with them and stuff. So um, it's one of these things, like I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to be back in Perth for a week, but what the fuck am I going to do? Like my parents still work. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I don't, all my, all my friends down there and stuff have got like families or they still have jobs and stuff too. So I guess I'm just going to see what the weather's like. Maybe go sit on the beach all day and read a fucking yeah, I was book. Say, that sounds pretty go good to, actually. Go to a fucking beach. Yeah. Just chill. That's probably the best thing I can do because it's not. There's no point like even trying to play down there. That's one of the one of the things I'm like putting uh, with CS2 out now. I want to try and put as much time into it as as possible. So when we're talking about it, we have a good like grasp of the way it actually feels and all this kind of stuff. So not going to be able to play for a week in us. I think I might get the withdrawals, but it could be it could be nice. Dude, you will. I'm getting the withdrawals right now. I grinded it so hard during pro league. I was playing like every night. 12-hour sessions haven't done that in like a decade and then <laughs> and, and now i'm in this hotel and i'm just like seeing all these updates come out and i'm just like fuck i wish i had a pc here i wish i could tinker i wish i could hop in a game a death matchy just a death just give me bots i'll be fine 
But that, I got nothing. Bro, that's this. where the gaming laptops, though, like, you know, I know they're not great, but no, that's Chad, where they're... It, no. Well... No, I was just about to say, bro, for you and me as well, you just got a new PC. I have a sick PC back home. The game feels so good. Yes. I, I, I think I'm going to... I think I'm going to get a new PC. I've, I've gotten jealous when Chad got his. I've just been sat here like, you know what? I could use a new PC too. What do you got at home, Jason? Uh, I have the one from the Intel build a while ago. Okay, so that would like, still have like a 20. That was like 2019. Yeah, it's it's a good PC and it, it works. Like, I don't need a new computer by any stretch yes, of the imagination. Do. It's your livelihood. But right. I'm thinking, you know, I have a couple of like online events that I'm doing towards the end of the year. And I'm thinking like, why not just have them instead of paying me, just buy me the PC? Okay, interesting tactic. As payment, yeah. you know? Yeah, no, I, I, I can see that. I think, like, um, I kind of agree with Yanko's sentiment in, like, the justification for getting a computer like this for us. I, for me, it's twofold. One, I played Counter-Strike my entire life, and now that I am an old man with some money, I would like to play on the best thing I possibly can <laughs> uh, because that's something that I always wanted as a kid, right? That's something that I keep reminding myself as well when I'm in Europe, and I'm just like, oh... I don't really feel like playing a pug. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, younger you would have fucking died to have played a pug against yeah. decent players on 40 ping or less in Europe. Like, just go fucking play, you idiot. Um, but that's the thing with the, the having the, the PC. I also have a, th- a 3060, because uh, Andre, the, I, I don't know if you guys, if I sent your uh, his contact to any of you guys when you're in Malta, but I do to most of the players when they're here and they're like, oh, do, do you ever know a sound card or do I need a new mouse? And when p- different people have moved here, they wanted to build PCs. So this is kind of the guy using the island for, for building You have a PC stuff. building guy. Well, yeah, but he owns like a land cafe and stuff here and he's a, he's a counter, he, he watches Counter-Strike. He's, he's a fan Sweet. of it. Um, and so he built this PC for me. He built the other PC I had as well. And he said that there's like 30, 60 monitors 3060? Why am I saying 3060? That's a fucking graphics card. 360 uh, <laughs> monitors coming to the island soon. So that's that's what I want to get as well to just have the full upgrade. Because I got the 4090, yep. I got the uh, 7800X3D, which Rush Lee and Jay told me to get, which is the best processor apparently for Counter-Strike. Sorry to anybody out there who's hearing me say that and going, this guy's a fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah there's I, some processor people out there just just getting angry listening to that sentence. Yeah, I apologize. I, I don't know what I'm saying. All I know is, as Yanko pointed out, it runs fucking great. My biggest issue is ping. Right, and that's always going to be my biggest issue. But the the game itself, I've infrequently have issues. Like it's when I I know that when I first load the maps um, on the on this brand new PC, I had to fly around them or whatever to get like the chugginess out. Someone said it was like loading the shaders or some shit like that. But after that, it's felt really smooth. It's felt good. It hasn't felt uh, like it did during the beta or on an older rig, which is a shame because what I'm saying is I have the state of the art fucking tech. And it feels amazing, and not everybody's going to have that. How's how's the game feeling with these with these updates? Is it is it feeling a little bit better? Because like when we were there, every update made it feel a little bit better. I think performance wise, it seems to be trending in that way, but it can be hit and miss for some people when those issues crop up. And it's also one of these things with different builds, and everyone is experiencing different issues. So I think the biggest complaint point still seems to be this sub tick feeling like people are dying behind walls or, or yeah. that, right? That seems to be one of the, the biggest concerns. But I, and, and here's another one, and I'll cop this. Maybe I need to try and test this. I need to do a job of trying to test this today. But I tweeted out some like alias uh, binds yesterday and I didn't, I didn't say what it did in the tweet. I just said, try put this in your auto exec and try it, right? Uh, and tell me how it feels. But Put this in your th- pipe and smoke it. 
the way this the way these uh, the, these aliases are, they're essentially, from what was explained to me, in the same key press, making the movement and the release of the movement happen. Right. So, it, as opposed to sub tick, where apparently it's waiting for the the next tick. I, I'm probably butchering the explanation of this. I should have had Jay or Rush explain this. But anyway, it makes the makes the movement to me feel more responsive. Um, and I'm sure I can test this like almost one for one. If I go and have the binds off in an offline server and then execute the binds and try it with it on and just see hold the key for a period of time and then just see how, how far I move or, or things if like that. If you keep running after you let go. Yeah, because look, there have there has been a lot of stuff that they remember they removed those like legacy commands with the netcode that never did anything. It's like, well, if that was us playing with interp and then that's you saying those commands never did anything, lol, you're, you're all idiots, we've removed it. I, I, I kind of hope that's not the same thing here. Like I hope that there is actually something that these commands do because if that's the case and it, because it does feel better to me, if it would be easy for Valve to implement this, I think it would feel better for everybody. You know what's also weird uh, i don't think weird is a good word but i had this sudden realization the other day when i was on team speak and we were having these conversations and people were like talk it's like rashley's team speak is actually at the forefront of <laughs> cs2 like sort of you know like yeah, it's yeah, great yeah, minds, yeah like sort of meet and discuss these things and i asked you the same thing how many of the like pro players do you think know about these like little tidbits and you were actually pretty pessimistic about it. Like, you thought, like, most won't know about these, like, small mechanics and gimmicks and stuff. Yeah, well, th that's normally the case, right? The uptick from the pros is is pretty slow on it. There's some of them who are super nerdy. And, the, the, and I think this also... I think this also is backed up, at least in my mind, by the concept of pros still using, like, 4 by 3 stretched or black bars. They it may be that they actually feel that they play better on on that right, but uh, definitively having the ninth you know I I've got native res I can see more like I can actually see more like I, I'm not sure how that could possibly be a bad thing I have more information on my screen right so or the Krieg is a good example in the org right they were they were good for so long Valve had to change the price point to get anybody to, to notice. Whereas a lot of these things people have to kind of look at. But people like Rops, for example, he's looking at all these geeky things. That's the that's the type of player he is. He's the type of guy who looks into these details because we know he's doing these fucking net graph, smoke, lineup, wizardry things. Like uh, Justin, who's in here a lot, he's the type of guy who also looks into all these type of details. So talking to him about some of these commands and, uh, and stuff. Whereas Bro. I don't know, I don't think I think it's probably fifty fifty. I reckon fifty percent probably geek out and fifty percent probably don't. That's that's a nice down the middle answer I can give. <laughs> I don't I don't know what it is, but I have I've tried so many times to get to like native res and get used to it, and I feel like I I just I feel like I'm absolute shit with native res. I still play four three. Like it's that's like crazy. Right? It's like feeling like coming home. Like I can't I can't make the switch for some reason. Stretched. Like it's what's that? Stretched. Yeah, stretch. I don't use black bars. Fuck that shit. Um, but like on on the bigger res, I feel like I like on a, on a native res, I feel like my my aim and like the open heads up duels, like medium range and long range, is like sharper. But like the scrappy fights, I feel like always fucking suck. 
you know, like if you're trying to entry for for an execute or into a into a situation, like I don't I don't know, like I it just it feels so fucking awkward and like foreign to me. I've I've made the switch so many times to native and been like I'm sticking with it, and I just I can't handle it. I always switch back. Yeah, for me suppose- it's vice versa because it's like. I always played black bars, and then, like, when you stretch, it's just the game is so fast. Like, you know, um, the feeling, right? Obviously, like, yeah. the, the movement of the mouse and all that stuff. And also, the discrepancy be- between horizontal and vertical mouse movement is, like, I tried a couple of times because, obviously, you know, I also played with Nico, and he was insane, and he used stretch. So I was like, hmm, maybe it's that. <laughs> maybe there's something to the Maybe that's like what makes it like easy for him. And I'm like, well, no, I just suck. He's just, he's just better. I found when uh, we were working a lot back in the 2017, 2018s, where it was event to event to event, and that's back when I was a lot more displaced than I am now. Um, the, having a computer and a home where I could actually just go and play more frequently was was not a common occurrence, right? So in that time where I was away from, from playing a lot, I thought I've lost whatever... Res- uh, resolution allegiance you yeah, had? Yeah, and I thought, well, I may as well just, once I start playing again, just go with what would make the most sense. And, I, and even back then, I looked at a player like Rops and went, okay, this is somebody who is obviously... Um, looking at some of the details of the game. So I just went, well, fucking Rops is using native and he's mechanically a very strong player. Um, then maybe there's a there's a good reason for it. But that's the same with all of it. I, there is really a lot of it that is feel. I think there's certain things that, you know, have perks to them that just make them better from, you know, but, but then at the end of the day, if you're performing better as a player, as an individual, then it really, it only matters what you like, right? When Halzerk's using that weird fucking picture-in-picture basically fucking screen like it's not even black bars it's just a black box and he's got this little fucking square in them and he's playing with this massive crosshair and he's still fragging well that's all that matters all that matters is that he's getting these kills um so that that's kind of one of the weird quirks with counter-strike players and settings which is i'm looking at some of these early videos and players have got their their video settings on and yeah i'm looking at that going well some of these video settings they've selected don't make sense because it's giving them less shadows or they don't have the ambient occlusion thing on which won't show the shadow next to the wall when they're walking down the stairs like this so that's a disadvantage and it's like well but if they play better like this then i guess that's all that matters maybe maybe with some of the stuff they need to have it on for the shadow shit i feel like you'd be wanting in cs2 to be getting all the advantages in the world with that information you see some of that stuff it's I, this is the things like that, right? This is what I've been pondering about. Do we, as a community, need to push back loudly about those shadow type of positions? Do we need to measure where some are more overpowered than others, or do we just let these naturally try and work themselves out? Because that's the only way that things are going to get changed is if people make a big enough issue of it. If if we just have these things that we think are, oh yeah, this is this isn't great, but whatever, and we leave it then Valve will go, well, they don't really care enough about this for us to remove it, so it must be okay. It must be one of the things that they're willing to get used to. Yeah, what are the things like, that we're willing to get used to? I don't like it because I've, I felt like shadow, shadows were, like for that part, the competitive advantage were in a really good spot before. Like it was a thing in, a, in some spots and, you know, everyone learns it. And even when you knew it, like it's not a, a guarantee you know, of getting a kill just because there's a shadow. But a couple of the ancient ones nowadays, it's like, it is actually kind of silly. Actually, they're way this, more egregious th- now. Yeah, this they? is going to sound weird, but it's like, it's actually so ridiculous where you can actually play around it, right? Like, 
you know, you're so aware in Temple or in A-Main of it like that. It, it, I mean, I've had these fights where like I see his shadow, but I'm, you know, because you see it so early, you're so expectant and then it's like the fight itself becomes a little bit weird. I don't know if that makes sense. Well, yeah, well, it's almost you, like you you're can, anticipating the swing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's almost like you can use it from both sides. Like if you know you're casting a shadow, it, it can almost like freeze someone and slow them down because they are going to be expecting the fight, right? Yeah. Like Imagine they, if you have an orp at A and he sees the shadow and the shadow keeps moving around. Of course, he's going to sit there and wait for the guy to swing. He's going to be glued to that position. Or yeah. like if you see that shadow in temple on ancient and you're like trying to retake the bomb site. Like, are you going to want to go temple if you see that shadow before you've even stepped in? Like, if are you going to make that trek through the long hallway knowing at any point there can be a fight? Like, it, it's actually, it could, could be interesting the way it influences. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of it, but I think it's, it's interesting to look at the ways in which it can be used from the other side as well. I think it's harder now to, to have such a, a locked opinion for me on a lot of these details because I have been through a lot of iterations of Counter-Strike now. And I'm also not a professional player anymore. Like before, when there was other iterations, like 1.6, Source, all those things. So I was pro in Source. I wasn't in 1.6, but I was there for like the, the transition of the games or both games being out at the same time. And there was just certain core, I guess it's called beliefs of like the way that the game should be or should function from people, right? Like a, a lot of people didn't like Source because it was bigger. It felt clunkier. There was felt like there was more run and gun. Um, yeah. There was no wall bangs. There was there was lots of things that came out with Source that was like, oh, this isn't like, you know, everybody would have probably liked a reskinned version of 1.6 on the Source engine. You know, that's what I think if everybody could have picked what they could have had back well, then, they, that would have been it. they tried, didn't they? There wasn't, a, what was it uh, called, like that. CS Pro Mod? Yeah, but like, that was made by like uh, Alex Garfield, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that was developed by a bunch of like the figureheads of the scene. I mean, it was in development hell. It took like five, six years to even get it to like a, a decent enough place. And by that point, like there was the global offensive became not died. terrible. Yeah, yeah, that's basically it. Like global offensive kind of killed it. But I mean, if that had come out earlier, I mean, but here's the problem. Like, like with the way the scene is structured, is you know no matter how many changes we could make in that sense, like say we came up with like pro settings of like lessen the shadows that are being given off. Or I don't know if you guys saw the video of that guy who like cleaned up Inferno and took a bunch of like the random clutter out yeah. as well. Um, but none of that matters if Valve is going to use the standard stuff on the majors. Like Exactly. The ma yeah, 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 for sure. Well, that, that's also one of the new limitations we have on what's possible because back when it was just the community essentially deciding, like then someone would just have a mod that would go in the way like, Z block, for example, right? Yeah. So there, there would always be, we would always have a bit more control as a community over what we used as a consensus. Now it's essentially what we're being told we're going to be using, but we still would have influence in some way. Like, that's what I'm saying. If people uh, inherently against something or kick off against something or need something to be another way, like people keep talking about left hand and they keep talking about Bob. I don't know if they're going to get either of them, but they keep talking about them. So they'll know that it's something that people want. I don't think, I don't think. Bob will get in, but I think left hand could get in. Like I don't understand. I don't. I, I don't see the world in which it doesn't make sense to at some point add left-handed models for people. Like people say, because it's like the shadows and everything in the model, like it would be pretty complicated, like to make it happen. But I, my reply to that is just make it from your POV left hand, and then in game it's still like the gun is in the right hand, you know, for the sake of the shadows and the model and stuff. I don't know if that's like. Yeah, but that sounds like pretty possible. I don't. Possible yeah, that's thing the thing. Well, I I don't know. I don't know why. Uh, I I don't know why they 
are going the way they're going with it or or not bringing it in right now like I, I i couldn't even speculate like the shadow is the thing that like do i don't know what why do they why i guess what you're saying yanko is why does it have to line up why do why is what people see in the server of your model has to be the same thing that you see on your screen essentially yeah, right exactly, like that's right? so i can understand the complications with it like you know, if the model has to change every time, because you also have people now they do it instead of switching the gun, they switch to left, right hand. It's like uh, well, you OCD, could certainly, you could certainly like I would assume as a developer you could lock that command so that you can't change it once you're in the game, right? You know, like you could prevent the yeah. switching back and forth. Well, why? Yeah, I would. I would yeah. imagine. Yeah, this is it's just one of those things. This is why uh, I think the game kind of has been framed and I and I think I've referred to it as this no I've definitely have referred to it. this is like it, it's like feels like an open beta right that's it's one of the things discussed with Rush a little bit before was the the lack of features in terms of game modes which you know for me someone who played a lot of Danger Zone it doesn't bother me that Danger Zone's not in the game now um, my main focus is like the game being played in 5v5 that's always been my main focus and that's Valve's main focus right now uh, by the looks of things and I guess there's people talking about it, okay, with the runway to the next major being already known and when the qualifiers are going to have to start, getting the game into a point where it is ready to be competed upon in that is probably the main focus. But that doesn't like take away from the fact that the game is like, okay, it's playable now. It is. like The game is playable, but constantly every day kinks are being ironed out and I imagine on the other side of this, um, content in terms of other game modes or operation or other functionality and stuff is also being worked upon. So, But now at least we have all of the best Counter-Strike players in the world playing the game and identifying the bugs and also pushing and exploiting all of the possibilities of the game. Like, that's one of the biggest things. Like, exploiting not in a nefarious and, like, aggressively, like, in, in a way that's going to harm people, but in a way that, you know, okay, here's a boost we can do. What do you say about this, Valve or ESL or Blast, whoever's running the tournament? Like, what do we do about this? Is this legal? Should we, should we be able to do a fucking pixel boost that takes us up onto the third story of Mirage? No, of course not. I think right. ESL already has that document of like known pixel boosts as well. And they're already a list of like which ones are allowed and which ones aren't allowed. So, I mean, they're already compiling that stuff and that information and, and making sure players going into events know what is and isn't allowed. And I guess, you know, in, in one way too, like I can't imagine a team trying finding something and trying to exploit it to the degree that like Fnatic did with the boost in DreamHack Winter, Big did at PGL Krakow. Like I think teams now also know and have seen the consequences of doing that and I would imagine just want to stay away from those consequences, right? Like the, those, all those pixel boosts are going to be checked with admins ahead of time. We've been through this process. We've seen it fuck up. I think now there's a groundwork of how you go about this the right way so that, you know, nothing breaks a tournament, you know, even if it's but just But how can you have week. a rule? Like, so this is where it will get blurry, right? Like you could probably have examples of things, but if something somebody doesn't show, right, that they don't bring forward and then they use it, it's hard to hard to... I guess, unless Punish, it's mega yeah. egregious in the sense that it's like boosting through the map or something fucking insane, right? Which apparently like, is also possible in CS2. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well. Uh, but I, there's going to be a lot of that stuff to get to get ironed out. And I guess it's going to happen on steroids, at least from my understanding. Like, it almost feels Shall like every day... <laughs> it feels like every day there's almost like an update. Like last night there was there was another patch, but this one didn't feel like it, it did an awful lot. Um, 
you know, this was removed model texture detail, very high setting as it was identical to high. Uh, and then there's a couple of miscellaneous things. There's well, I like the don't don't just gloss over the uh, the crosshair outline now being uh, now working for increments instead of instead of whole numbers. For yeah, us, well, that, uh, was, that was my outline biggest users, concern. Yeah, that's a big one. I, I've never used a crosshair outline. Maybe I should give it a try. Yeah, give it a whack it on there. Give it a shot. Although you're down to a you're playing with a dot nowadays, aren't you? Uh, I've got the dot, but I've also got the the dynamic crosshair around it. So you know, there's still there's still a bit of something happening. I think Henry's exclusively on the the dot at the moment. The dot sure. is always safe just for the headshots. If that's what if that's what you're looking for, you're probably in the right place. Not great for spraying. Definitely not. Um, well, this is a good bug. Fixed a bug where users in Germany were incorrectly identified as users in China. So they've they've definitely, you know, because I've seen some people have had routing going through different places, like people yeah. on a server in Warsaw routing through somewhere in Brazil. Uh, there's also been issues with people like getting, there's like disconnects. I saw Nico was tweeting about having issues joining some servers. So as, as long as these things are just consistently being kind of fixed and people are reporting them and we're able to give information to Valve, then they can, they can help. But otherwise, um, yeah, this is, I guess this is the best way to get it done. It just play a shitload of the game. I have to imagine with all these tournaments going to be on CS2 to close out the year and the amount of game time that pros are going to be putting into it, like it's going to go warp speed. Especially, well, and I guess the positive thing is, I mean, you never know, but with how hands-on Valve have been with the amount of updates we've had early on, even if they're just small ones, uh, it feels like they're going to be pretty on top of things as, as the year kind of winds down. I'll tell you what I didn't like. I didn't like looking uh, in, in some of the, I think NATO Suffix had a video about it where throwing grenades off of walls and if it hits like uh, an odd an odd pixel it'll bounce back in your direction and he had some examples like one was like top mid on inferno throwing a very similar grenade over and over and over and then like one little adjustment and it bounced back in this direction there's one on ancient like coming through ct spawn and trying to bank a nade off a wall and it bounces back and comes his way and blows him up and i i think i think that the way that i guess that's clipping on the on the map if if it's all a different trajectories or angles or whatever i don't know if that's a good thing for a competitive fps because if there's so many inconsistencies on those walls then from one angle it means you need to know more detail of how each square fucking pixel is going to operate with a grenade trajectory but at one point i imagine that becomes too complex and too much like it should be hey if i bank a wall a nade off of the wall at this angle it should it should be bouncing here like this is the type of interaction i should be looking for like there's a probably a fine line between where that gets drawn because i think there's some cool interactions like one of them is um on inferno when you're smoking ct the wall near ct uh, the way you normally smoke off this it's slightly slanted so if you bounce a smoke off of it at the right trajectory it'll bounce and it will land on the boost ledge and before that was cool because the smoke would completely plume and it would cover off the boost so people couldn't stand out there it will still land on there now and create a little bit of cover um, but yeah that's one where it can be used in a positive way to throw a set nade and that's would wouldn't be possible well i guess that's a larger angle so yeah it's just defining where that line is between like where should this kind of yeah. just be a flat a flat clipping that should be nated off of and should just operate as we would expect? Or where should this actually be more angled or, you know, give give a different response? Because um, that'll be important in a lot of a lot of moments in Counter-Strike. I do have Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd wonder if that was like some like misplaced pixel or weird interaction of the map versus or or is it like actually like a piece of decoration on the wall? You know, like is yeah, it I think like it's a, just clipping of the map. Like from I was talking to rough brief, rough rush briefly about it, but at the same time like I don't understand these things enough. 
Yeah, I think also, before I forget, when we did say, like, the game feels amazing for me on my PC, it's like, you know, playing with... It has a little bit... It, it reminisces me of when CSGO came out. You know, in Serbia, a lot of people had the problem of just the PC isn't good enough to run the game on a good level. You know where you can have a good experience. Like, sure, you can play and compete like people love CS, but you have to work through the issue, sort of, and the lack of performance. So I know that there's probably the majority of people, or I don't know if majority, but there's definitely a lot of people who are struggling to enjoy the game because, you know, their rig isn't... Isn't good enough? Yeah, isn't good enough. So I think that's, like, obviously not a great thing, and hopefully they can find ways to opti optimize the game a little bit more and a little bit better. And I still, like, for example, this is so weird because I hear, like, different experiences from this different people, and you're probably a good person to talk about this, chat. but I haven't run into a single cheater yet in Premiere. Mm. And I played, like... I don't know, fifteen games. Yeah, I I think this is this is one of the curious. Um, so with with the back wave that they did recently, I think it was over the last two days. Rops made some tweets about cheaters. Yeah. Pretty just big the other one day. as well, I think. Yeah, a lot of people seem to be to be banned. But this is this is something that I've played a lot of matchmaking uh, over the years, and throughout the times you would you would find like cheaters in things like vertigo wingman like that would be that would be a semi-frequent occurrence i wouldn't say it's you know every day or anything like that but you know it'd be like oh okay well the, i didn't not expect this same with like sometimes you're playing a shorty or something there would be people who would would definitely and they would do it blatantly like they're not doing it in like a sly way but i i'm i'm wondering if uh in cs2 at the moment if people are trying to be more sly with it you know and and not not just do like blatant spin botting but i think in some of the examples i saw that was exactly what they were doing they were just spin botting with a scout just headshotting everybody so just essentially rage cheating but i don't think i've had any run-ins either and i'll say that because in all the games i've played i've only lost one and the only one i lost was to fucking zywoo apex shocks rpk and some other french guy that was queuing with them so i don't think i got cheated in that game by any means so i, I for me i haven't had any any run-ins with that but i do know it's very possible and that's the issue, I think, is the the fear that it is thought of to be more possible than over at Face It, where it probably still is possible. On, I think it, well, not probably, I, I imagine it would definitely be possible for somebody to have some form of a cheat running. Um, so, it, but at Face It, you just feel feel safer because you have a more intrusive anti-cheat. You're on this service that a lot of people pay for that are verified upon everything like that. Whereas into the into the Valve version, it's just like a free game into the fucking wild, wild west where sure there's prime and there's all these other features or whatnot but you just feel that anything could happen there's no there's no protection out there you haven't saddled up for the day you haven't uh, you know, you've gone into battle without without your kevlar so I, I i don't know i haven't experienced any cheaters myself but i know other people have um rush was saying like him yeah justin nico they were queuing together and they they came up against some cheaters the other day and this was probably around the same time as rops was making his tweet about the cheaters but that is going to be one of the bigger factors that, that determines how how the game is played. Because if you're a new player and you're getting cheated against, in that you're not going to return, I wouldn't imagine. Like that, yeah. that kind of makes things pretty unfun quite quickly. Yeah, I actually I, I don't know. I'm not plagued with the cheater problem as much as it seems like other people are. I think I ran into like 
one person during my three weeks in Malta that was like suspicious enough to feel like he was cheating, but I, I wasn't even able to confirm it. It was like the day the demos stopped uh, stopped working, uh, or they turned the the, the yeah because of the off. server load or something, yeah. right? Yeah, so like I wanted to go back and watch it and see his POV, but I couldn't get to it. But that was like the only time I was in a game where I was like, this guy's probably fucking cheating. Um, but but yeah, that was when you played know. me, right? I think, were you in that game? Oh no, yeah, you're making a joke. That was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get wrecked. Let's get into the fucking nitty gritty, guys. Jason, what's up, baby? Oh, what's your experience with Team Liquid as an org? Uh, there, it's awesome. I think it's probably. Uh, I would assume from my experience and uh, from the experience of of others that I've spoken to that have been there, it's probably the number one org that you could want to work for. Uh, in in esports, like they're they're insane with their their facilities are incredible. Yeah, okay, the this is not the team liquid. That that's what I expected to hear, Chad. Yeah, what's your experience with HLTV? Um, they. they <laughs> They pay me on. They pay me on time, and um, they're pretty easy to work with. They're very, they're very. They're stand-up uh, guys, right? Yeah. You see, and these two are the exact motherfuckers that tried to sell us on Rain Waker being a good thing for Team Liquid. They brought out HLTV. Brought out the stats, Chad. We all remember the articles. We all remember the graphs. Oh, <laughs> Nav and Rainwaker, two of the most passive players, and Kinder Pats here, two of the most aggressive players. And, you know, this is, like, amazing, actually. Low-key, uh, they found a diamond in the rough. Well, guess what? They just didn't have enough money to bring anyone good. And now he's benched, and Daps is back. And you know what that means? Stanislaw is What's not that? far behind either. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely possible right the it's, look he the, this is that you know it's quite funny Yanko today Liquid is playing Forsaken in this Blast Premier full showdown yeah. and on the stands on the other side of the server so really? yeah, yeah Daps first stand going down today oh, at 8pm so the people definitely need to be tuning into that one that's going to be a bomb burner of a match but I like I think the Rain Waker one I was always a pickup that felt and I was talking about this on Hatred TV just the night ago but i i used and they used the term disposable right like he he wasn't someone who felt like hey they've they've taken a risk on this guy don't know how much money they spent on him probably not a lot and if it doesn't work out they can they can quite quickly trade him out for somebody else um which is at the moment the coach and i'll be interested to see how daps does because i i think considering if he just plays some of these classic ct anchor positions uh, he could probably hold his own in North American Counter Strike without too many issues. So I don't. I see. I see Daps having fun in this little qualifier they're about to play. But the future of this team is that's where I that's where I turn to because the fact that they aren't even waiting to see how CS2 plays. They obviously don't. They don't like playing with Rainwaker either. That's because of the play style or something else. I'm, and I'm not even trying to stir shit. I'm just saying like there, there has to be a reason that they they either like you're saying Yanker they don't think he's good enough. Um, or, or some other reason, right? And they, they're looking for a change. But with that change, do you now bring in an, someone else to in-game lead? Does your kinder return to that and you bring in... Uh, I, think, I, I think it would make more sense to have um, someone come in and be an in-game leader for the team. But I, I just, I don't know who would make a, a good fit immediately. I don't even know yeah. where you would want to be turning immediately. I, I think the same way, because I think, I mean, 
I had no problems with, with I don't think Rain Waker was like a problem in terms of like he was some massive liability every single game. Obviously wasn't wasn't quite up to, to tier one level at the moment, uh, quite yet. But I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I have the same kind of thought process. It was a cheap experiment. It was something to see if they could build them into something. I had some faith in Daps' scouting. It obviously didn't work the way they wanted it to. I hope this Daps into the team... And nothing has been said that would make it seem so, but I could see a universe. I hope this daps to to in game lead the team isn't isn't a permanent thing that they're th- considering for long term. Oh, it's just oh it should be. Come on, daps. Come on, nah. dapsy boy. Yeah, Drop just because just because you want him to live out your little dream of getting back into the game and in game leading, you can do I, it, daps. I think it'd be a horrible, horrible idea to try and even even flirt with the idea of going down that road. So I'm hoping this is just a stand in situation, and they bring in someone, whether it's permanent, whether it's trial, whatever it might be. After this event, I'm assuming in my brain that this is like a roster lock situation where they'd already supplied the rosters and can't make any additions. Um, but I think, yeah, first priority has got to be in my mind. And this was even before they brought rain waker in like uh, Kinder should not be in game leading this team. Yeah, and definitely. I know, I know he has the potential. I know he thinks about the game in a smart way, but I, I don't think you can put him in. Bro, as, I don't even know leader. if that's true. F- fuck that. Fuck all the narratives anymore. <laughs> I don't, but I don't you think know, that's like, just a narrative. If you talk to his teammates, I talked to Dustan at at, uh, at Pro League, and he said the same thing. He was like, Kinder could be a good in-game leader. He thinks about the game on a good level. He has good knowledge of the team Counter-Strike. Like He, he was giving him praises as a potential in-game leader. And, I mean, yeah, you can have all those praises from the outside. It doesn't always work the same when you actually have exactly, the responsibility. Exactly right. I'm not saying he doesn't know the game or anything like that, but it's like, you know, there's been a lot of portrayal like, Oh yeah, he's the second coming of fucking. Uh, you know, you're supposed to say Jesus, but I was trying to come up with a good in-game leader, and I didn't know who. To I thought say. you were gonna say James, which I guess about to the same thing. Exactly right. Like, yeah, that would be a good one, Jason. Thank you. Second coming of James. James. It could mean a lot of things in James's context, but yeah. And <laughs> then, you know, in reality, it's like kind of well. Maybe not, because something that I'm sure you've experienced as well when you were coaching Liquid is like the game feels so much more different when you're in it, like on the servers, you know, like all the information that feels like so obvious to you when you're casting, like when you're in the server actually and playing it, it's not that easy, right? Especially when you take all the little details into account. So the fact that someone has like a good mind about the game doesn't always translate them into being a good leader. And also, here's the thing that, that kind of bothers me about this whole, like, liquid thing. It's like, first of all, like, I was kind of doing a bit. I don't really, like, for them to try out Rain Waker and it doesn't work out and now they cut him and they get someone else, like, that's okay, especially with CS2 being around the corner. It's, like, low risk. Oh, well, not really low risk, but it could be high reward. And if not, like, it's not a massive deal. But for me, I feel like liquid, just like G2, for example, and some of these orgs, like, like, you're a huge org, like, just in general, in esports, right? You can't be signing guys like Rainwaker, right? You you need to make, like, bigger splash. Like, even, you know, for example, the Shocks thing was horrible. It was, like, a horrible signing. But at least it was a big name, in a way. And it got everyone excited. Oh, this could work. Uh. You know? Like, it's not about getting someone who's, like, a blue-chip player or, or proven attested, but if you're going to get a talent, get someone who's actually already, like, on the radar, like, you know, and could be sick. You know Who what would I mean? be a good like, example of that at the moment, you reckon? What? 
Who, which kind of player would you think? Like, not, e- not even one that has to fit. I'm just thinking like a player in general. Okay. Like, I'm trying to, like, like if you were trying to take someone from Mouse, yeah, okay, yeah. Like, right, that's so what I was thinking. You're trying to take someone, someone from... Someone who's like young and still maybe a little bit unproven, but you can kind of tell this guy is going to be good, you know? Sure. And obviously, he doesn't fit role-wise, but... No, just a, but an example of a type of like a like just a, where a player is at in their yeah, career or yeah, what they've like, proven. Came out of really nowhere. Like it wasn't like he was destroying the tier two scene, right? Like players were before, you know, some that joined other teams. You know, I don't I don't mind the the risk that they took though, just because it is like a weird moment in Counter Strike where they have this kind of runway up to the next or to the first CS two major to where you can see if this is going to work. Like it's no harm, like, no foul in my book. Yeah, there was like a period where it was like let's let's try this. Let's see if we can go, let's see if we find a, a diamond in the rough. Let's see if we find like a really cheap player who turns into like either a really serviceable role player. Yeah, but you see that's that's where I like just feel, and I'm probably wrong about this. Like I'm aware of that, but it's like. That's not liquid that needs to do... Li- like, it's like phase, right? Like five years ago or, 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 or three years ago, like phase and mouse. Mouse is a team that has to find like players and develop them and find new talent. And phase is a team that just buys them from mouse when they're like, you know, when they reach maturity at some point. Like for me, that's team liquid. You don't come to team liquid to develop like completely. You know, sure, you can get you get a player that's like... A, like you know, OC, he's not, he wasn't fucking bot, but, you know, he still, like, needs some experience, he needs to get better, and I feel like he's done that. Just on, on, on that sort of a level, like, you get, you don't, do, you don't do you get yeah, but for players liquid, if you're team liquid, you go out but, and get proven players. Just but, by going by your example, though, FaZe picked up Croman. They didn't. But temporarily, he was, was only a stand-in. Like, Brokey would probably be the sure, better of the Brokey, example, right? Though, but right? at that point, it was like, because of the, you know, cold transfer and everything, we were short on cash. I mean, I mean, we were as if it was my money, but that was sort of the sentiment. It's like, and it wasn't even really that FaZe came and say, well, we can't get, I don't know who. It's like, I really pushed for a young player and someone who's hungry on the team and like new blood. Because at the time, people were still doing the thing a little bit. They were recycling old names. You know, just for the sake like of shocks. it. Like shocks. Yeah, but I, w- I really wanted someone. And, you know, they told me about Brocky. We looked at it and, like, played a little bit and was like, okay, I think this can work out. Yeah, but- I mean, I, I think I think for me, like, Liquid has, I think there's a couple things that, that I would spin it in a different direction from an organizational perspective. It's one, Liquid has never been able to, and we're seeing how important it is to be able to develop young inexperienced talent into solid players that's going to be a huge thing for organizations into the future of counter-strike that you're able to have a a system and and staff in place that can bring up players and make them better than they were when they got there that's what they try to do with rain waker that's what they try to do with grim it hasn't worked you know that that part of the organization certainly needs some work in that part of the structure i think the other thing too is um I mean, as much as there's this, I mean, not not joke isn't the right way, but this whole conversation around like the esports winter where things are taking a little bit of a downturn here and there and orgs are kind of, you know, struggling to, to find that revenue that they need to be able to show. Um, you can't always go out and sign the big players that are going to have the inflated buyouts and the inflated salaries. And especially, I, I would say there's more risk in going that route than there is in picking up a player like Rain Waker and seeing if he turns into something. Well, I, like, I, th- I think with the, with the period of time we're in, I'll agree with that. And I think also another thing, and this is, Jason, I, I never usually do this, but I'll do it. I'll do it right now. 
-hmm. This is a North American team who's now a European team. Yeah. So they before they were always had the bedrock of you know having a core of of North Americans. Well, now that's completely shifted. That's no longer the case anymore. There was the push from like, well, if you want to compete, stop using this North American excuse. So they went, yeah, all right, well, fuck it, let's become European. And now they're European. Well, I, I don't know. I imagine that Liquid is a pretty enticing prospect for a lot of players out there. But I also don't know how much money they're willing just to spend. Like, I don't think buying somebody out of mouths now will be as easy as it was five Six years ago. ago. Well, five that too. Ago. That too. But I think like even where the, the org or that team is at, for example, I think that... I agree with Yanko's sentiment that like Rain Waker may be too far off of the radar. Like they're trying to be too hipster. Yeah. You know, they're trying yeah, to they're exactly. trying to be Maui ordering ramen, exactly. right? Like they don't just want to order like the on the menu. They're trying to get in there and tell the guy how to fucking do it. Fucking love like, it's it. I, <laughs> that's it's, exactly it's what. Of, yeah. That's perfect way to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think um, I think that there's they're in a position where now they can do what Yanko's saying. They don't have to just pull the trigger on any. But would anybody. you do you do that with looming CS2? Like, don't you stay patient and say, let's see how the first two months, the end of the year. That of means CS2 you stay with DAPS, up. right? Uh, or find a Chromin that you can bring in as a quote unquote stand-in and see see how that see how that works for two months. Or they bring you know? then, it, then it fucks everything. Well, here's yeah, here's, that could happen. Here's my biggest frustration with the Team Liquid thing is I, I want to be like with with Rainwaker now leaving and departing. It's like once again they have a decision to make. Do you want to stay on this European swap up and stay with a European core, or do you see that do you want to go back and now you have the opportunity to say we could actually be competing in the Americas RMRs and we could be competing in the Americas qualifiers for the major, and then all of a sudden you're kind of, I mean, in the American region nothing's guaranteed, but it's about as close to a guarantee as you get that you can actually come through or it the should Americas be for RMR. team liquid yes it yeah. if for team liquid that should be the case right like that team if it if it isn't like if they don't have the best three north american pieces available or even now you could have the three best american pieces available right like you don't even hold up a second what if we get Serato out of furia no 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 that's already not sorry guys that, sorry, that'd be sorry. that'd be nice no, they're, they're, I'm, they're I'm just it. about to figure it out chat yeah you think we're close <laughs> we're close how close are we, Anchor? What do you think Caserata's buyout is? It's got to be fucking massive over on Fury. I don't think it's like a set number even. Yeah, oh. it's probably not even actually laid out in the contract. It's probably just at the whim of well, whoever's negotiating. How, how mental is everything about to go, though? Let, like, let's keep that in mind. Because this Cadian thing that Yanko's just brought up, that's huge. I think that caught everybody off guard. I don't think we thought that the heart and soul of the team was going to be the one getting replaced, but fair enough. That's what's happened. Then there's also the rumors about Astralis potentially making some changes. Now we've seen Zonic and Lars go over towards Falcons. So there's obviously going to be changes with Falcons, which there have been rumors that that could even be linked back to players like Magisk and Dupree. And, and then at that point, well, fuck, let's just crack it all open because almost every fucking team is international now. Like, how insane could this go? It could, it could get, it could get pretty spicy. Although I don't know if we do. You want to take those like one at a time and then do the big picture after the fact. Well, it's all big picture though, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah, as, in this as, sense, as much as they all have their own like ramification, like the heroic one, we could talk about what that means for heroic. Sure, like, we could talk about what that means for vitality. But I, I, like right now, I did. We did slip into big picture. But all of this has potential impact on everything else. Kind of like the Cloud9 roster changes felt like they were going to have a bit more of like a cascade of effect on the uh, on the Russian slash East, Far Eastern European side of things. Um, that didn't 
didn't really manifest just yet unless this boomage thing comes true anyway i feel like i'm spinning a wheel um should we pick <laughs> yeah. one well i mean it's, it's hard to it's hard to tell right because like if, if liquid let's just say for instance if liquid see Cadian on the market now and they're like that's who we need we need a captain a heart and soul an in-game leader and someone they who can get this team headed in the right direction yeah, like kinder. <laughs> if they bring him in like that feels like there's got to be at least one more roster change right like that's not the team that you're gonna you're gonna think long term like I feel like you'd want to change at least an OC. Would that be even where you go though? If you, uh, if, bro, like, if you, not like, bad. I don't. Feel I think I don't think he's bad either. But better. if you bring in an op in-game leader and then you have an opper, like I, I don't know, but I don't put stock in Kadian as an in-game leader purely rifling. Although I, I don't think it'd be bad. Right. I think it. a lot of people would have hoped that he would have just rifled and had like device fucking come to heroic and all, right? Like it's not, I don't, I agree with you. I don't think Kadian is bad on the AWP. I think him as an in-game leader and an AWPA finds a lot of impact, but I think that is- He's serviceable. Is, yeah, yeah. And I think though, but if, if that's, if that's a big part of how he, this, and this is the thing, I don't know how he would in-game lead just rifling because you can't be as mobile across the map as you could be as an AWPA. As an AWPA, he literally gets to be everywhere to set his teammates up. He can go, okay, I'm coming over with Flash or you you set me up with the one-way smoke and then I'm going to move around here. He gets to see the whole game. That's one of the keys of being like an AWPA in-game leader unless you play like Jame. Well, actually, that's not true. Jame is like the goalkeeper in football. He's standing in the goal watching every other piece so he knows where he's he so needs far to be away to from save. action that he, he does get to just keep his attention sometimes on the Sometimes it feels like he's the ref. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. He, he call, he's he's calling uh, he's calling when the ball's but out of bounds. I, I mean that that that's an that's an interesting because I never really I haven't really considered Cadian coming and just rifling. I don't I don't know. That'd be really really interesting because like I always come back like when I think about that I go back to like Yanko what you told me when when I picked up Fallen for Liquid was like Fallen as an in game leader is better as an in game leader when he's opping. Yeah. Like, like he is just one of those guys who like it's just so ingrained into him now that he's just way more effective and better calling when he has the op and that's his comfort zone and he has to be in his comfort zone to kind of facilitate that. So I would wonder if Kadian could, could make it work on a different weapon. I think he could make it work, but would it be as good? You know, I guess that's it. Yeah. And also, in, in Fallen's case, he will be the best opera as well when he's the in-game leader too. It's kind of... Yeah, that's one another that thing sense, to keep in mind. I think a lot of I think players are in in a sort of a in for like a rude awakening in a sense like what you guys talked about and whatever you know people renegotiating stuff and not getting the money they want they wanted like there's not ten Falcons teams out there you know as a team that would actually pay you a, a, more money more than market value to come to that lineup or that org right like the golden days are in that sense for the players behind us where. You know, orgs would raise who will have the better roster and they didn't care about how much the player wanted in terms of salary and they would just pay whatever he wanted for them to come to their team, right? Like now, you can see even for someone like... You're talking about fucking Zonic, dude. Like the greatest coach we had in CSGO. The guy won five majors, right? He did what Vitality sort of... What he came to Vitality for, he got it done. You know, no, whatever the circumstances and, and whatnot. And still, you know, I don't know, obviously, what he asked for and how the renegotiation went. Like, he wasn't happy. I don't know if maybe he was unreasonable and asked for I don't know what. He doesn't seem like an unreasonable guy to me at all, right? But the fact that also Vitality isn't an org that's, like, scared to spend money, right? Like, to, to get players insured. They've been, they're also looking out 
you know, thinking about the future, you know, Flamesy, because he was free, I guess, you know, that's why they got him. That was one of the benefits of getting him when they did, just after they won the major and, and they decided to, to bench Dupree, right? But so it's, it feels weird that they couldn't get it done. I yeah this well this vitality one is is a different uh, this vitality one is just kind of crazy to me like but, I don't like how do you have a coach that you brought in for like a to 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 get the team to the level you wanted it to be at from the start he does that and then and then leaves and yeah I guess you're exactly right we won't know the details but it's only if Zonic is like asking for something ludicrous and 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 people are you know obviously saying like oh it's all about the money and I'm sure the money is a massive factor in all of it, right, no matter how much they try to downplay it, it just is, especially for Zonic, like, the, the well, guy has a family, he has a couple of kids, and I don't want to sound like, you know, has more than one, but I feel like less than five, <laughs> so somewhere in between. Sure, he has somewhere from two to right, five and I know, like, you know, people who don't know about <laughs> it, it's like, <laughs> it's like, you know, they definitely, play, you know, you want to provide for your family and, and all of that stuff, and, but even with all of that, I do feel like, I mean, it is a challenge, I feel like, We've all been there in our careers where we sort of well, have, you know, seeked out a challenge and to do something different, right? And for him, like, first it was, okay, do it with an international team, right? Not, not Don't make it just Astralis. And he's done it. And then I feel like if it if, if Falcons weren't there, like, if that org didn't exist and that sort of an offer didn't exist, there was a good chance he would just keep going with Vitality. But because it exists and... Even if he fails at the challenge of like, you know, taking them to him or whatever the goal is, winning the major in the next three years, I think was what they said. Um, even though that's feasible, like even if it doesn't pan out that way, like he'll he'll get a fucking shit ton of money for it at the very least, and then it's like, well, you know, still worth. Well, I think that I think his his the way that. I've built the story in my head because obviously we don't have all the details of what happened, but this is this is what I think happened. Um, that acted as, as as far as I I've heard like uh, rumors that one of the reasons like Flamesy's in and Dupree's out is well because Dupree would have been getting paid a lot of money, right? With Dupree, Magisk, and Azonic all would have come out of Vitality, they're coming over as part of the greatest Counter Strike roster of all time. So I imagine their contracts that they signed initially would have been very good. Probably the same with Lars as well. Mm-hmm. So let's say the four of them. Um, and then, Jason, you mentioned it before, but this esports winter, we've seen it from our side. Um, it's existing and it's going to affect our other titles a lot more than it is Counter-Strike. We're going to be fine. You know, maybe some people are just going to get paid less for a while or, you know, maybe a few cuts here, there and everywhere. Like, there, it is going to suck for some people, right? That, But, hey, this is, at this point, this cycle, the last time this happened was 2008. There was a recession. I was a professional Counter-Strike player for Sydney Underground. I woke up one day, the website was changed, and I was no longer a professional Counter-Strike player anymore. <laughs> um, so, you know, like this this is, again, the the boomerism in me, but I've, I've been there, I've seen this. Uh, but yeah, so they, they, imagine they're trying to save a bit of money, right? So they're saying to Zonic, yo, um, hey, hey, coach, who we brought across, greatest coach of all time, oh, by the way, and you, we brought you over to win the major, oh, and you won the major, we're a French team, oh, and you won the one in Paris. Ah, um, cool. Um, hey, we're going to pay you less than we were paying you before, even though you achieved everything that you were meant yep. to achieve when joining this team. And then if I'm Zonic, I go, well, fuck, that kind of sucks. But I'm also right now at the peak of my powers, you know? So right now I'm sitting there, I'm Zonic, I'm going, man, you know, I'm, I'm still fuck. I'm the fucking best. 
you know, we just won another major. Add that one to the tally. And now the team that I did this for, they, they can't pay me the same amount they were paying me before. And like you said, Zonic's probably pretty reasonable. I imagine he would have gone, can we just pay the same? Then they, let's say it can't happen. Well, now all it's going to take is someone to go, hello, <laughs> hi, do you want, uh, you want double the amount you were earning before? That's pure speculation. I have no idea how much money he was earning before or how much money he's earning now. But the rumor is apparently he's earning as much as some of the absolute best professional counter-strike players in the world right now like the Zywoo simple kind of level which is I, I don't actually know the figure someone tweeted at me today saying that apparently simple earns this and this is the thing this is uh, this is a guy that likes to troll me a bit on Twitter so he could be Fuck just that, no 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 this like this guy's kind of funny <laughs> Um, love that is, is quite quite flippant <laughs> and, and quite sarcastic so their type of banter is not too bad this guy's silver balls 42 so it's actually pretty sure. funny I used to be a bit more upset at silver balls 42 but I kind of just think everything they say now has got a bit of humor to it which is why when I mention this number it could also just be, mean nothing but he said simple's on 65k a month by the way so if Zonic's up to like we're talking like that level of cash, let's say fifty thousand euros or whatever a month around that, we're talking over half a million dollars a year of, of salary. So let's say Zonic got an offer of something insane like that. He's at the peak of his powers. He's considered the best coach of all time, the best coach currently. Just won the last major, and then this orgs come to him and said, "Hey, do you want this money?" We're going, "Yeah, okay, yeah, sounds good." With all the other factors, Yanko laid out the fact he has a family, he's got a wife, he's got kids. And this also isn't forever. He won't be the best coach forever. These type of offers won't be available forever. This is, you know, the famine mentality of esports, which has literally existed the entire time of esports. I still have it sometimes. Some days I wake up and go, fuck, this might not be here tomorrow. Or, you know, I could lose my job or this might not be the case. And it, it could all be gone. Like it's quite a fragile fucking thing that we have that we get to thrive in. Um, I, I, I don't know why. I actually don't know why it's still, it's still functioning, but it is. It's still going. Um, and Zonic's seen the worst of esports in terms of when there was no money and he was just playing yeah. as someone. And now, you know, he's in what I guess was considered the best as far as financially speaking. Um, like the sticker money that they'd be making right now for that shit that's on sale for Paris still, it would be astronomical. Mm. It'd be money that I couldn't even possibly fathom like that they're getting from fucking stickers. Um, so yeah, I, when, I, when I frame it that way, I go, yeah, okay, I can, I can see why Zonic took it. I, I, can, I get it. But I'm more interested in what type of team he well, builds. Well, we're so focused on the money side of things. And I mean, I think it'd be silly to just take everything that, that you know, someone gives in, in, a, in a public interview and everything like that. But the whole conversation from, from Lars and Zonic is a lot of, I mean, the money is obviously going to be there. And the money is obviously a big point to start with. But also the control that they get. Uh, Jason, the I like both those guys get. a lot. I like both of them a lot. I think they're both good guys. None of that, none of that is worth a grain of salt to me. Uh, like it, it, yeah. it might it might be it might be partially true, right? But like when I read something in that interview, it's like oh, it not not a hundred percent motivated by the money, like or not purely motivated by the no, money. No, but right? like I, the money, no, the it, money's got to be there at a base point as a as a basic foundational like motivating factor. There's probably ninety five percent, and to go and here's the thing: to go to oh a challenge, mate. He, your team right now is young as fuck. You've got Spinks, Flamesy, Zaiwu, and Magisk, all of which are like twenty four or younger. Like you have a team in the like that could be and currently considered one of the best Counter Strike, if not the best Counter Strike team in the world right now, right? This team is in the prime. It is fucking primed and ready and raring to go. Like for for straight into CS two, you have the best Counter Strike in the uh, player in the world currently. Like 
we're talking about a challenge. You want to go over and start something from scratch or whatever. Fine. Okay, cool. Like, yeah, that's but, great, I but I think I think that's where the that's where it gets into the point where we already saw him take that challenge. He already came over and had that challenge. And when he accomplished that challenge and overcame it and accomplished the goal, the organization said no to whatever to, to whatever he asked for. Like the, the, the raise. Yeah, but he's the, a he's little the bit gr- more he could control. go anywhere, Jason. Right? So this is he could go to any team he wanted. Like within reason. But if let's say he went to G two. That's fair. Yeah. He would knock on G two's door and said, Hey, you guys don't win consistently. Do you want to win consistently? Hi, I'm Zonic. It's still a challenge, making G2 win consistently, something that's never happened. It's obviously the money is the main motivating factor. And again, like I'm not begrudging him for making that decision. I went through the thought process of what I think probably happened to him to get to that point. Right? I just think that all these other things, you're now essentially, you, you're going to go in there with a bulldozer and you're going to flatten the, the whole team. Who are you going to keep from the current Falcons roster? Maybe, maybe Burros? Yeah. Like, that'd be it. And then you're going to build a brand new team. And I, that's what I'm excited about. That's where the conversation for me actually, you know, gets some legs to it. But I don't, I don't care about the old and new challenge because I don't, I don't, it probably okay. is personally a new challenge for him to, to have to build a new team. Yeah, that is a new challenge. But I don't think that is the key talking point or motivating factor of all of this. Like, okay, he took, he took the money to go to this team. Now, what the fuck can you build? How much have they given you? What type, how much influence do you have? How much pull does the name of Zonic have to bring some of the biggest names to Falcons? Because they obviously want to be the best Counter-Strike team in the world. You wouldn't make this move otherwise. And that's, well, that's, that's where I sit back and go, all right, fuck yeah, let's see what happens. Yeah, I, I think you're going to have to find at least one to two pretty big name signings to get people attracted to that team at the end of the day. Isn't Zonic meant to be that though? I think he's a good starting point, but I, I don't think... I don't think, yeah, yeah, if we go back to the money thing, that could certainly do it. But I, I mean, I think still, like, well, I, I guess mean, it depends. Because Flames, dude, like Flames saying, turned hey, down. This team is going to be a team, like, that are, is going to compete for championships. We just want to make, like, it's like basically what FaZe did five years ago. That's kind of the vibe I'm yeah, getting. Yeah, but this is, it can be more aggressive than that, yeah. I imagine. Yeah. I don't think it's going to go that route, though. I don't think they're just going to buy up a bunch of like big-name players. I think it's going to be a process. I think they'll get one or two and try and attack one or two more players to it as they start to improve. And then I kind of don't care. Like, go... go like, you if actually we're doing think... This, let's you go actually fucking think, nuts. Okay, so you actually think they're going to come in and just literally like, buy like three or four players out of the gate and just make a team? I, we, I would hope that they would buy a, at least a couple. Like, See, I don't, I don't think they're going to do that at all. I think it's the other way. Let's, okay, so here's, here's a prime roster ready for the picking is Ents. It's players who we know are reasonably paid as per market, like value as of right now, right? We know that Ents have built a team, not on the cheap, but on the what is fair, right? A team that, you know, doesn't have the most household player names in it by any stretch of the imagination. But now with this team is considered one of the best Counter-Strike rosters in the world and has some really, really strong pieces, right? Like some pious on his day, Nerds on his day, absolute fucking animals. Madden and Deha are also very good role players and you get a lot of impact out of them and Snappy's in-game leading, getting a lot more light as a late. Bro, Deha is not a fucking role player or at least he's not supposed to be. Oh, never mind. That's well, a different conversation. Finish your <laughs> well, I know. I think he, I think he's a very good player. I think he, uh, I, I just you know I just kind of see him. Joke. He doesn't get all the all the soup. Oh, okay. All right. We'll get into that later. Uh, <laughs> um, but if I was if I was somebody like Falcons and I'm going to pay double or triple what they're currently earning in Ents, well then those are the type of players you know that that you could be getting and, and peeling across. You're not necessarily saying like Vitality Zawu is a franchise player. Sim- simple over at Navi, a franchise player. I would imagine that those guys aren't going fucking anywhere from those organizations. Yeah. But like Nico from G2, well, you know, I don't know. 
like a, you, you, well, another thing we don't know is the length of players' contracts, which plays a huge, true, which is a huge factor in people getting bought bought out or not, and and all that stuff. You know, like if you approach a player who's in the last, and and orgs are getting smarter about this with their star players, right? Like renewing contracts and stuff. But look at like, it, there already was like a news on Dixerto or somewhere about Zaiwu. Right and and his con- like he has like what a year left, you know, mm, and okay. and it's like, who knows? Let's say he has an amazing relationship with Zonic and he doesn't really care about Vitality all that much. Like he's a guy who doesn't really like care who he plays for. He just wants to play CS, blah 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 blah. And Zonic tells him, hey, we're we're making like a sick thing here. He loved like playing for him or or the vibe that him and Lars created in the team, and he would be like, "Yeah, I mean, if you can make it happen, I'll I'll come and play for that org." Just hypothetically, right? Sure. And sure, it would be like worst case if he really wanted to do it, he could wait out the contract and not resign, and then he's a free agent, right? But and Vitality would be aware of that, and the, and at that point, it's like, well, obviously we don't want to sell Zaiwu, but we'd rather sell him than let him go for nothing. Yeah. You know, so. Sometimes that comes into play as well, right? Like it becomes more doable because there's not too much left on its contract. But let's say, I don't know, I, I think, for example, they, there's no way they could get a guy like Blame because Blame just resigned the contract. So even if he wants to like, you know, like it's... Um, there's things within reason, right? Yeah, Some exactly, stuff is just right? like too too crazy with the... The parameters that would exist just based I mean, off of the business yeah i think the hard thing too is like now if if you're falcons and you come to like buy out players to make a team if you're the org selling the player don't you say this falcons team has a lot of money behind it like let's bump up these numbers but not all of them have like buyouts that are adjustable like that right like i think but like, i would say most of them do do they really because that fucking so sucks that is I would say the insane, large majority man. of them have buyout clauses that are undefined that get to be defined at the moment of negotiation. I can't quite believe that. How how is anyone signing that? Because they do it to get a high salary, let's say. Yeah, the, they pump the salary numbers up so they have that little clause in there. Yeah, well then I have no sympathy if And you're I don't know. I I would I would game. hope like I think we're starting to see, I mean, I have my own opinion on agents, but uh, you know, I would I would hope that as players start getting agents, as we've seen agents, uh, you know, more involved in player negotiations for teams, that would be one of the main priorities to to get those clauses defined or taken out. That that it can just be like a, a whim, a spur of the moment number that they throw out. Mm. But I, I think that's the big issue. Is despite the fact that we know Falcons have you know obviously the Saudi backing and a lot of money is. It doesn't mean they have like an unta like a well they can just reach into whenever they want that cash. Yeah, you but I, I, you're going to spend money on these players anyway, right? They're obviously going to be paying, they're, but then they're, they're going to be paying decent money. So I just think it's about kind of weighing up what Yanko's saying: players who are coming towards the end of their contract that might be a re, like a reasonable player to buy out and have, um, and then kind of a mix of players that. Well, that's the thing. There's even players that you can get that'll that you can pay reasonable money for that's still not insane. Like the Ents guys I was talking about. Or, I, I'm, I don't know. I was thinking about the, some of the FaZe guys. We hear a lot of rumors around FaZe, not like the team, not the five players, but the instability of like the org. Um, and are they getting sold here? Are they going there? I wonder if any of those players with the uncertainty of FaZe, if it would play into them to you know go elsewhere. Like a Twist or a Rops, for example. Like, or why not even both? Like they're just, uh, there's, there's, what if you bring a Twist and a Kerrigan back to Liquid? 
What if you bring Robs and Kerrigan and get frozen, go to Falcons? Sure. I don't think you're going to be getting frozen out of Mouse though anytime soon. Of course. I wonder what their buyouts are over there with Mouse. That'd be interesting. And I wonder when like Frozen had re-signed for as well. Henry did try to get all these figures and all this kind of stuff public for us, but... um, he was on the right track. Yeah, we, he, we, we appreciated that attempt. He did try, and uh, we, we may never get there. Henry died for, for nothing, really, didn't he? Okay, uh, well, how's this? Because this is uh, possibly the most uh, intense one uh, we have in terms of roster changes, but heroic letting Cadian go. That's what do you mean wild. letting? You think letting? Well, whatever way you want to phrase it. Let's just well, say... When he says let go, I think he means like benching him, not like letting him leave. Okay, let me rephrase. Cadian is no longer part of Heroic. There we go. I'm with you now. Okay. All right. Well, it was shocking. Well, that's not true. Dude. <laughs> he Shut is. Up. I hate. I hate. I hate both of you. I fucking hate both of you. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I understand. But it was better how you said it the first time around, right? Because it is sort of, I'll, you know, it's because they didn't have the same views on the future of the team. Now that means probably two things. First of all, it's either just complete bullshit and something to say because Cadian already knows where he's going and he just wants to leave because he's sick and tired of fucking the players I'm on his team and tired. Being, being little I'm bitches. I'm sick and tired. You know, and like choking in big games and like not being able, you know, he probably feels like they should have had obviously at least one major with the real major and a couple of other titles probably as well. And just the way you lose some of these games... It does make you sick, like the, the, as an in-game leader and for him being the captain that he is and whatnot, for your star players to just disappear in big games. It's like there's nothing you can do about that. I mean, th- th- there's very little you can do about it, right? Like obviously you're trying to help them get over the hump and maybe you even call a little bit differently to get in, whatever. But you can't make someone n- not be a choker, right? Like that's I- something they need to work on themselves and figure it out. And some people never do. And that's fine. Like then they're not really cut out for that the biggest of stages and, and, and being on that sort of a roster, right? So it's either that or the second view is like, let's say, I don't know, he wanted some massive changes in the team. Right? Like let's say, I don't know, maybe even changing like whatever, three players, let's say, just for the sake of discussion. And then the the, the the org was like, well, we can't really do that and either we don't have the funds or whatnot. And then again, it was like, well, if I can't get what I want in that sense, this is what I believe needs to change for, for me to stay on this org and you don't want to do it, like, and then I don't want to be a part of it. Mm. I just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to imagine, no, I'm trying to, I'm trying to like think in my head of like, cause like, I feel like my perspective on this would change if I, if I knew if it was Cadian saying, I want to make these changes and the org saying no, or if it was like a team or org decision because to say, we're, we've hit the end of the road with Cadian. No, I don't think, I, I, I think there's zero, well, I don't want to go full Moses, but I think there's like 1% chance that it was like everyone else not wanting to play with Cadian and like sort of pointing the finger at him and saying, this guy's the problem, right? Like, I, I just don't see that happening because also he's more than just, he's like the heart and soul of that team. You can see that the way he like, everything starts and ends with him in a way. But you maybe know? that's the problem, Yanko. Like, I, I, I don't want that to be the case. And when I say maybe that's the problem, maybe that's what the, the team, like the other players started to, you know, it grew old for them or they started to become like, um, Bro, in a different in a different lineup, 
I could like, I, I understand what you're saying and it makes sense. And in a different lineup, I, I could agree with that. But with these guys, no fucking way. I think that they would be, I think they'd be ass. I think they'll be ass without them in a way. Oh, I, I think this is, I think this is a disastrous loss for Heroic. I don't like, I don't see this team recovering nearly to the heights they were at before with him being gone. Like he, he was, was everything in that team. But yeah, yeah like I, you, I, you now you now no longer have an offer. You now no longer have an in-game leader, and you no longer have like the leadership figure on a team that seems like like none of the players over the last like two years of KD and being there, three years of KD and being there, have actually broken out of their shell enough to take that mantle. Like I don't I don't know who you turn to within that roster. Well, this is why at, I think maybe there's more leader. changes. This is why it feels that maybe there are there are going to be more changes than just KD and going out here, right? Because removing KD and you now have two problems in that team. You now need an in-game leader, and if someone else in that team is willing to pick it up, then you better put your hand up right fucking now because we've been watching you guys non-stop, and none of you have even looked like the caliber's been there. Yeah. Uh, and then second of all, now you have to bring an Orper in. Yeah, so, but does, doesn't that seem like this is I, this is what's so weird to me about it? Doesn't that seem fucking insane? Like if Kadian comes and says. I want to make a change. This isn't right. I want to bring a new player in. I want to bring in a new style. I want to I want to have this philosophy and we need this guy to do it. And you say, no, we're not making any changes that you want. And then you let Kadian go and be like, okay, right. Now that we've let him go, let's make some of those changes. But this is... But that's the thing. The the core of the team, in terms of maybe the philosophy, it just would have been Kadian's philosophy updating, right? That would have been the change. He would have likely still been the AWP player and still been the in-game leader. So he was still the guy going to be defining the and being the heart and soul of the team. So by by him being gone now, it's going to be an entirely new thing, like way they approach the game, everything, because you're going to have to bring in someone completely new who's going to have to have their own version of how they want to use these pieces. So the only way that I can see this of, of going is if the type of changes that Kadian, like I think this is essentially Yanko sentiment, is if the type of changes Kadian wanted to make were said no to or not not made to be possible yeah oh, we can't do this we can't buy this player we can't make this happen then yeah maybe it is him trying to make way for himself and i agree with you jason everyone on that team is more replaceable than him yeah like, like but what if, if he heroic, wanted to replace rather, down right let's keep what let's say let's say yeah, Katie wanted him. to replace down let's fuck say him. let's just Get say yeah but but <laughs> but, but, but let's say that was the case like I don't, I don't know i don't know i'm talking about arcia but i've just picked quote unquote the best the best player on the team right yeah. um so okay let's say Kadian goes well this guy he's not good enough in the big matches he doesn't show up for us we need to get rid of him we need someone else and he's let's out. say they want to play someone else as well he's but gone. that's the thing obviously that's where the power struggle in the team would come from if he just said i just want to replace tessus then maybe it's all fine but if he's wanted to go for more aggressive and Poor core ch- core level changes well i i'm I, you know could have oh, i just want to play uh, but this is why I think that it, it has to be yeah, something that was going to be more. But that's exactly the point. If that's the case, fucking do it. Get rid of Stone. Fuck him. Like, you need Kadian more. If you're but that's hero. why it must be the team not believing in Kadian's stuff anymore. That's what that tells me. Yeah, but that's also like, okay, you guys believe that. So which one of you is going to take hold? Yeah, step up. Exactly. exactly. So what's the plan? Is it coming from Exist? Does Exist like have a plan on now who they're going to get as an in-game leader? Is the team now like completely fucked and in turmoil? He's going to pull like, the best thing, he's coming. He's stepping in. The best thing that like could happen to those heroic players now is, I don't know, grab two or three of them and go plug them over there with Device and Blame F. That's the, that's the best way to get yield out of those players now. Could be sick. Like, but unless you go, who are you going to bring in as a Danish in-game leader? Is that is there's that, always is it, some guy that you've well, never heard about that's like insane? Bird from Sky. I actually I heard I heard uh, 
Glay or not I heard uh Bubsky and Kirby and Pimp talking on the desk yesterday during Blast that they were like as Danes we all know there's no there's no real promising up and coming in game leaders in Denmark. Like that was something they said on the desk and I don't know how Why tuned in they are to the scene. Danish? You know, I picked it up over the in, years. In between his, his uh, English Holes, lessons. Yeah. It's hard for Americans. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. That that would be interesting if that was like the new wrinkle that we're missing. If like, if Astralis was trying to grab a couple of players from Heroic and Kadian just said like, fuck it, I'm out. Like, uh, I can't rebuild this. That would be an interesting angle. Well, this is what one Maybe. of the things. I, I but was... I mean, the tweet, the tweet that said Heroic is losing Kadian. Also, I mean, I don't, I don't know this guy, and I've, I've, I don't know if he's how trustworthy or accurate he's been over the years. But his tweet was minus Kadian, Tessas will stay, which implies that you know Tessas was the other player that was being kind of eyeballed as that man out of the team. Yeah, that made sense. Yeah, but uh, still, yeah. Well, the, the uh, Harami, I think it is. So I, Harami, I don't, yes. I don't know where people get so this often. information from. Um, and he doesn't he doesn't land on all of them. Um, and there's also it's the, it's Counter Strike, and I I don't I would hope that things aren't done like they were done back in the day where it was like Steam and WhatsApp type conversations between different sects of people, right? Like or Skype. And may, I was saying uh, not S E X. That was I think it's S E C T S. Is that the correct like? But either way, mm. uh, groups of people um, <laughs> having these type of conversations, like yeah, and there'd be like power struggles in teams. You know, there'd be like a couple of guys. Maybe you were the swing vote. I remember it used to be like fucking Survivor. Like back in the day when yeah. you were trying to make roster changes and you're like, oh, do we cut this guy? Oh, shit, I can bring these two guys in, which will keep this guy happy. It's obviously now with contracts and um, things are things are a lot uh, pricklier. Um, there's there's more negotiating that I imagine goes in on the, on the business level. But in terms of players wanting to play with other people and being happy with how these things will move out, I'm sure those conversations still happen. Um, to what degree, I don't know. But that's also why some of these people who, I don't know how they get this information. I don't know who, like they must have, you know, some some inciting, insider sources or they're in some fucking team speak or they're talking to someone who's talking to someone. But there there is probably a lot of chats that go on um, at these events. And it's kind of how it used to be back in the, the good old days when players used to hang out a little bit more that you would be able to pick up some of this information. Um, now you don't really, you don't really see too much of it. But uh, yeah, there's been a lot of things that have happened and I imagine there's going to be a lot more things to happen over the next coming weeks and months with this whole transition into CS2 and the uncertainty. Because like the, the Dan- if there is a Danish shuffle, that can have very deep ramifications, I would imagine. Because oh, yeah. they speak English so well. So they can go to any international team anyway. Uh, that's one of the perks of being a fucking Dane, I guess. God I'm reading this this HLTV interview with Kadian and uh, the Dick Soto interview oh, with Kadian yeah, on Dick HLTV Soto on HLTV. Yes, excuse me, sorry about that. Um, wanted some changes and some people wanted a different way. I think the roster changes would have made us more competitive in the big tournaments and the big stages, and they saw it uh, in a different way. Um, and it would not have created the right fundamentals for the future if we met somewhere in the middle. So he was trying. He was trying to to make some changes. Get to the rid roster. of the fucking. Cut out the yeah. cancer, man. That's what he was trying to do. And they told well, him, no, I, you have to take chemo for like a year long. He's like, chemo fucking sucks, bro. I don't want this. And he's gone. It it is it is now like the I I think the position that he finds himself in with the Zonic move. I don't know if that's I don't know what Zonic and Kadian's relationship would be like, but I also look at this Falcons team right now as it is, and they have MHL as their Orpa. And I don't think MHL is bad, but if they wanted to bring in like a proven in-game leader and Orpa, Kadian would be a good place to start. So as far as Kadian's position that he's found himself, not terrible. 
he's actually found it, especially with all these moves that are going no, on right I, now, it is a good time for him to be in the in the breeze. I think Cadian's in a great place, despite being unemployed. But, you know, he I mean, he's going to have like a pick of teams and he can actually just kind of sit and grind CS2 on his own and, and take it on his own individual pace and level. Um and then kind of pick and choose teams based off how it's how it's playing out. Like he gets to kind of sit back and just like be an observer to like the early stages of CS2 and make a decision from there with how he feels like the game is going to develop and how he feels, you know, which players are going to be strong. I think he's in a fine place. I think Heroic is going to, you know, they might be fine short term in terms of staying in, in, in the rankings where they're at. But I think long term, by the time the major rolls around, I think this team is going to be a shadow of itself unless they have some kind of absolutely banger roster move to replace Cadian. Yeah, and this is where I guess we'll also get to see how the team functions without someone as polarizing as as Casper, right? Like someone who who is just the front and face of the team all the time. So that's going to be an interesting juxtaposition. Who's um, going to interview? Who's going to do it? Well, they they can all do it. They can all, you know, they can all. They can, can all step all up it. to the yeah, plate. They just they just haven't because that is the thing. Like that that resentment, I imagine, could build. Like if they, but I, that's I guess why I agree with Yanko a little bit more that the way that that team looked and everything that it's been built on, based on the stuff that they went through with all the the Hunden situation or the online stuff, and then there's been a lot of ups and downs. They've been the villain together. They they. If, if they have been faking that fucking brotherhood that feels represented, especially with the relationship with like Stown and Cadian, for example, like they've yeah. always seemed to have like a very strong kind of relationship with everything that's happened there. Um, that would be very surprising. I so, have found a rhythm for making both of those roles work, talking about op and IGL, but for the perfect fit, I would be willing to separate the roles. Yes. So he has stated that he, he could just go and, uh, and do either job. I imagine he's probably more valuable to a lot of teams as the in-game leader piece initially. And then if it is a perfect fit or a team that they were going to build with him in mind, then in-game leader all would make the most sense, right? So, yeah. What else Interesting. has happened? Interesting times. Anything else has really happened? Uh, Snacks is back. <laughs> yeah, Snacks is back. Why, though? He's going to in-game lead. <laughs> Um, Striker was telling me that he received offers uh, previously to in-game lead in uh, English, but he wanted to make sure his level of English was better before accepting like a good offer. So he finished his course at Pasha London School. <laughs> yeah, I think that's half of the meme. Um, but yeah, he's been he has been like on and off doing these different mixes over you know a, a while. Has snacks like. Uh, Let Us Cook was one of those. You know, he's, he's played with a bunch of different nationalities and, and teams, and he's 30 now. Um, so even mm. though Snack still was one of these like early early names at the tip of our tongue, um, yeah, he's he's 30 and he's looking at in-game lead. He played with like what was the Pompa, which was like a couple of Polish guys. Um, Han was in there. That was one of his, his more recent teammates. So um, I guess now he feels more confident leading in uh, in, in English. And that's going to be interesting to see how they like because because Nealon being gone, like I don't think Nealon was was bad. So there obviously was something there that that they didn't like because Nealon being removed and Snacks coming in, they already had a had a replacement ready and ready to go by the seams of things. But that one there, I I, I don't know. Gamer Legion have an overinflated ranking based off of their major performance, right? And that is currently still being course corrected. Um, so for me, Gamer Legion aren't like a massive talking point. I'm just a little bit of an elitist like that, I guess. Sure. Yeah. What else has been going on? I don't know. We've ended up a fars from where we started. The video's still down. Ah? 
Davideus oh, stepped yeah. up from 9Z. Yeah, that was interesting. I read I read his thing in um, the native tongue on Twitter when he when he tweeted it, but I didn't oh, I, I didn't understand. You reading out Spanish? Well, no, like I translated it, but I I didn't I didn't quite realize that he was stepping down in the translation. Like it didn't read. There, at no point did it get translated to be like, "Yo, I'm out." So that just showed you how bad the translation was. <laughs> but there was different stuff about like pursuing like life goals and happiness, and I was like, "How how fucking old is this guy?" Like. He's only 23. So I guess the level of livelihood that you can make as a member of 9Z isn't that big. That's what that tells me. Yeah, yeah. we don't need to talk about this. I, I mean, I, mean like, <laughs> I was really disappointed, bro, to see Best of Ones in Sydney. Like, oh, yeah. Well, it's like, come on, man. Isn't this the point like, of this thing? And I understand there's like logistics and this and that, but just figure it out. Like, we should be able to feel like even if it's one more day of B stream or I don't know what it is, like <clears throat> kind that you can't have with the current economy a best of one MR12. That just ridiculous. especially going all the way to Australia. That's that's the bit that I yeah. think like I have I have less of an issue with it than you do just because it is the first and I'm sitting there thinking of all the foculation that could go wrong. But then I'm thinking, yeah, but we're going all the way to Sydney. And as someone who is an Australian, yeah, I'm still thinking, fuck, we're going all the way to Sydney. Yeah, but you can't be, you can't be making the, the tournament format in a way because you're anticipating, like, tech issues. and like you No, want no, to, not at all. But they know, haven't updated their format, right? Like, they've just gone, okay, well, we were playing CSGO, which was MR15. Now we're playing CS2, which is MR12. And we're going to keep things the same. Like, this is something that definitely has to be readdressed. Yeah, I like, know, but the lack same with of majors. presence of mind from anyone to also realize it's the first land in CS2. You know, yeah, like let's you have try a, unique, the, yeah. a unique opportunity. And sure, let's say like IEMs, those sort of IEMs, they're not Katowice and Cologne are smaller and that's why they're shorter and the format is different. Okay. And you don't want to change that for the future completely, maybe, even though you should. You shouldn't have best of ones in MR12. It's such a big tournament, period. But just change it for the first one. I mean, that's your last one this year anyway. And just do it. Like, it, it, it just feels ridiculous because... <clears throat> playing in, in those, it's like so hard if you lose the opening game. You have to win three best of threes. Yeah, only one team can come through that lower bracket, right? Exactly. Yeah, it, then, is, it is very condemning in the format the way it is. If the format was done slightly differently and it wasn't as condemning, then maybe it could... Yeah, okay, with that in mind, Yanko, yeah, I'm, I'm getting even more of what you're saying. Like, I was with you, but now I'm with you more. Yeah. Right yeah, that, that is that is frustrating, and I think that's something that will have to be readdressed. There is something that I do want to see, though, and I would love it if there was like public data available. Maybe there is. Maybe one of our listeners can let us know. But I would love to see what the aggregate, um, you know, length of C uh, MR12 matches have been so far, just using the matchmaking data or the face it data that's out there, because. Mm -hmm. There are going to be going to be a twenty-minute game somewhere well, in the but, schedule. Yes, of course. Well, here's if it's a stomp, definitely so. But it, I think high-level Counter-Strike will still play out like forty-five minutes, right? Like a, a game that goes the distance, probably forty-five minutes for for a match with good teams who are playing like fundamentally sound CS, not just running through smokes like apes, right. not just fucking like holding W and you know trying to finish the rounds on first spawn timings. Like if teams are actually playing out util, smokes last longer now. I know we have the nade thing, but still smokes last longer now. I still think that an average game time of good teams, especially if we get like a VP or a Cloud9 in the server, going to play out at roughly 45 minutes. Because um, I even have some of my matches and those are matches that have gone a little bit longer are between like 40 and 50 minutes. Um, I, I, and I want to be able to, this is, this is the bit, should be the big conversation for the community right now. Definitely like how does the game feel, but on the competitive standpoint of how the game functions in terms of the economy 
Um, but also at the moment, people aren't even playing the game on like a giga high level. Like I'm watching some of these DreamHack Yonshaping qualifiers and most of them are mixes. And the ones that aren't, these teams are still just trying to grasp the basic fundamentals and concepts of the game that feels foreign to them because it's new or their PC's not as good or their ping's not as good or whatever. Like they're still just trying to make the game feel like Counter-Strike to them. So they're not worried about like, what are the new spawn timings? What is the best flash as opposed to like, what is current meta flash? Right? What is the best flash for the game as it is now? Like all of those things are what we're going to be learning and a big part of that will impact how MR12 plays, right? Like what what advantages or what um, shortcuts of the best decisions a team's and individuals are going to find possible with what's available now. And that's going to be another thing that happens on, on steroids, I hope. But um, I mean, I think it's going to happen super quick. Like I think the first tournaments next year, we're going to see a bunch of new stuff. Like maybe not towards the end of this year, but with how hardcore and how much more professional it is than the early days of CSGO, like that shit's all going to get figured out very, very fast. At least you'd hope though, right? Like I, I know that sometimes, we mentioned it before with the Krieg and the Org, but also I remember Dust2 getting reintroduced into the map pool and a lot of teams in the beginning, they weren't just playing like a standard like three long and then peeling back and playing one, one, one. Like there was a lot of stuff that was like, what's going on? People forgot what we were doing in the meta before the map was released and now we're kind of relearning it even though it's the same map just reskinned um so i think that's uh, that's going to be something as well just to see like how cognizant players are of, of looking like because to be honest i can see and i've also had some do you yeah do you think this do you think the new cs2 is going to cause a few upsets at sydney it should do i, d I don't see how it like it Let's, I'm like, I'm wondering, like, is it close enough to the point where the, the top teams are still going to be able to just kind of beat down these squads? So what would we, would we consider Bet Boom beating Vitality as an upset? Yes. Okay, well, that is very possible. A team with Zorty, Siren, Chiron, Danisters, and Naphany going up against Vitality. Like, I, guess, I guess also like the nature of the upset matters too, right? Like, is there some trick they've discovered in CS2 or have they figured out how to use nades into smokes better than the but other But we team? don't know if Zywoo is still Zywoo in CS2. Right, like we don't know what the bar, like we don't know if simple is still simple. Well, we don't know think, what the caliber of these players is until we see them playing the new game. I think Zai Wu is going to be mostly fine considering he plays a shit ton with the AKs. Right, like the hard thing about Oppers transferring over right now, the conversation is the sub tick and the wide swings are so so strong against Oppers. Yeah, when well, that's another thing, Lan Lan CS2. So like, I mean, I could see I could see someone like Device having a hard time adjusting since he's mostly a classical fundamental opera that just kind of holds angles. Yeah. Yeah, I would. But that I, get, I, I suppose, though, I'm also thinking about things like the, the puzzle that the top players are solving now, right, is about, okay, most openings are pretty well known by the top teams. Use Inferno as a good example for openings, right? Like it's really standard to have like a car molly and then maybe a HE into car just to make sure they don't swing out with a 147 flash. Then if they like deep molly, you do the smoke on the T side that covers off between logs and broom. It buys you a buffer zone. The CT is a bit more scared to push down, um, right? So you just have these like exchanges that go back and forth and all the top level pros understand how to make these choices really quickly. But now that... There are things that are more more optimal than others, but we don't know what they are just yet. It adds like a level of randomness to this early where things are going to be more like intuition or more like random. You're going to be able to catch people off guard with gimmicks that they're maybe not expecting early on in the game, which is also going to put us in a weird in a weird position. Like how much of the game can you play in a two to three week time span to make it feel at home? Does it, does it feel, what are the, also other factors, like this is something that we will need to talk about at events again. And we haven't had to do this for years, but the quality of PCs at events, right? The quality of the PC now in Sydney is going to directly 
correlate with how good these pros are feeling when they go and play. Some of them at home, maybe have 360 hertz monitors and 40 fucking 4090s or 4080s or 3090s, right? Whereas they might go to a tournament and these PC specs, which is just the case, it's going to take a while for them to be able to catch up with, with what's necessary. They can't just fucking... upgraded. For they did? Two. They, they were testing it out, I think, in Dallas. Oh, fuck yeah. That's good news. With players, okay. yeah. All right. Well, then I mean, the, the PCs, the PCs they had it's at for the... Sydney or for next year, though, but I imagine they will roll out it, it for Sydney because... The game is more demanding. Mm. Yeah, the PCs well, they had it in Malta Pro League that they gave us in the hotel rooms ran CS2 fine. I thought. Nah. Nah. Okay. It, I, I don't know. I, I wasn't I, playing it was on the it. It's a noticeable difference for me back home. Yeah, Jason, you're not on a 4090, so it's hard for you to f- feel the power. True. I don't, I don't have that. I'm sitting on well, some I have the 2019 PC as well. Yeah, sorry. Like you, you know, Jason, we just we, we just got the smooth experience. See, so see, now now I need a PC upgrade. Now it's, you, you it's settled. I just got fucking battered for for no good reason. I might just be not able having to help a forty ninety. That. My hey, man. See, there you go. There you go. You got the hookup. Guys, I need to go to a meeting in fifteen minutes. Jason, yeah, I have, you have to, to leave? shower. I have to leave for Dinkos in the next. Yeah, I have to fucking wear this hangover out. Okay. <laughs> well, we can right. we can pick this up again at another point. We're back to I guess we can leave this now at the end of the end of the podcast, but we're back to audio only for a little while in Sydney. Um we'll try and do some stuff there. And then after that it'll probably be audio only for a while until early next year, I imagine. Um Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh gentlemen, upload it to the Google Drive, send it to me. Uh I'm at home. I will add this and uh yeah, we'll we'll get it online. All right. All right. Peace. See you. Yeah.